I'm gonna tell you right now that I, I'm not going to be accessible uh, unless we decide to record uh, next weekend somehow. I am not going to be accessible until after New Year's. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, next weekend is a no fucking go. All right, happy New Year's, guys. This is this has gotta last you. I was gonna call it. I was gonna call that shot like Babe Ruth, dude. Yeah, I'm too busy this holiday season. Yeah, we gotta start recording holiday episodes ahead of time. So. Way ahead of time. Yeah, we'll record next year's Christmas episode in January. If I wasn't half convinced, I would accidentally delete it. I would love that. All right. Uh, what what are we doing? Welcome to Direct Video. VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Andy! I, I wish I had something to clink. Andy! Andy! Yes. Andy! Yes. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got about five minutes in, right? I, I, five minutes and I was like, fuck me. This was, this is not cool. This is bad. I had These to take movies a break. fly directly in the face of established canon. There is just a a montage of retconning that happens, and I was like, "Why are we doing this?" These, mm, well, actually, the first one is, in my opinion, like shockingly way worse than the second one that we watched. the The first one. Here's the thing: is I thought that too, but then I started thinking about it. I took a break, ha- like ten minutes, twenty minutes into the second one. I was like, "I can't. I need to do this tomorrow morning." Right. So I started watching it today. I gave myself like a good sleep, and I guess my standards must have gone back <laughs> they up can, in that they time went back up. because because as soon as I started watching it, I was like, "All right, I remember it being okay." And as soon as I clicked play, I was like, "No, actually, this sucks just as bad." Let me talk about something very important though before we get into either movie at all. Mm-hmm. I just want to mention this at the top so nobody thinks we're like trapping them. <laughs> nobody. Nobody, nobody, not one person turns into a swan in these movies. It, I, I made a bet, I think in the first movie, I was like, I'm going to bet right now. And I don't know when it was, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. That, that no one's going to turn into a fucking swan. And I was right. Four movies, we got Odette turning into a swan. Four movies in a row. I was like, man, they got it going. And then you they could stopped. time it. But they still keep calling Odette the Swan Princess. To the point where I thought the twist was going to be that Elise was the new Swan Princess. But it wasn't. There was no twist. Someone needed to turn into a swan. Yes, someone did need to turn into a swan. That's the point. That's what a Swan Princess is. Ooh. It's. Ooh. It's. I just remembered one of my notes. Ooh, that was a bad one. Uh, is, oh, there, is there any background on this fucking tax scam, or do we just get into it? Alright, listen. The background is that there were four other movies before this. I need to look yep. up Swan Princess. Give me a second, because I don't actually know when one of these movies came out. 2016 is so soon. It's so recent. For, for this to look this bad. Mickey's House of Mouse in 2004 looked better than this shit. Like, oh, ooh. Oh, I feel bad. Okay, here's what we know about these movies, right? Uh, we know that fucking our good old friend Richard Rich is directing them. He's producing them. He's putting his money into this. <laughs> and and as far as we know, Yuri Lowenthal and Laura Bailey are still coming back for this paycheck. 
it's fascinating to me because Laura Bailey stopped. Or Laura or Bailey did stop. In... Well, after this one or after the next two? Yeah, in, in, in one of the next ones. And it's like, at what point was this beneath her? <laughs> at what point did Laura Bailey get too big for this? And I guess Yuri Lowenthal hasn't yet. I bet he still wrote another one, too. This piece of crap. <laughs> I, I think Yuri Lowenthal's, like, tied into this. I think he's, like, blood-packed because I was going to say, yes, his soul is wound around some part of- Because he wrote one. Yes. He wrote one. He wrote, wrote the San Pris- Christmas, right? He, yes. And here's the, here's the thing, right? So he is- Credited as writing the Swan Princess Christmas. Credited as written written by Yuri Lowenthal, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you go to the Wikipedia for a royal family tale, which is the only one that I have anything on, and it's not really a fact, it's more of just a curiosity, right? Okay. It is credited as being written by Yuri Lowenthal. But its story is by Richard Rich and somebody named Brian Nissen. Holy crap, Brian Nissen was also Prince Derek. He was Prince Derek in the original movies. No, he wasn't. He was Prince Derek in one of in the, the second, movies. In the second one or the third one. He was he was Prince Derek at some point. The mystery of the enchanted treasure. But here's the thing is if you go to his IMDB, this man doesn't exist. Okay. Okay, like Zelda from that same movie. The only thing he's done really are these animated movies that Whoa. with Richard... with. Wait, this can't be the same guy. This is not the same guy. Okay. It, that's the thing, right? Is I don't know who Brian Nissen is because there's like 30 different Brian Nissens on IMDb, right? Uh, Brian Nissen 2, I think, is this one. But sometimes if you click on his name, it's a different Brian Nissen. I think this man doesn't exist. I think this is a uh, this is like a, a name that somebody is putting because they don't want this attached to their union credits. Oh, like that, like that uh, director name. What's that director name? I don't remember. We've talked about this before. I okay, I think but, this is a fake you, but name. You no, know. yes. I think this is a fake ass name. I think that I don't know who Brian Nissen is, but Brian Nissen doesn't want anyone to know that this is what he does to to feed his family, right? Right. Um. But but the thing is, is Yuri Lowenthal doesn't get a writing credit on the IMDb page, but he does on the Wikipedia page. So I'm thinking that maybe it's a typo. But there's there's something going on. I'm digging into it. I. I'm feeling the tax evasion, right? Like, I, it's getting there. Uh, because these movies are cheap as fuck. They're very bad. And what I thought was weird is the Swan Princess, Princess Tomorrow Pirate Today, which, as I say it, is like a really janky title. It definitely should have said Pirate Today, Princess Tomorrow. Like, you just say Today, Tomorrow. You don't say Tomorrow, then Today. Whatever. It was a song. I get it. Whatever. But they each had three production companies, and Pirate yes. Today had a different third one, which I thought was really weird. I thought that really fed into your tax scam idea. Well, so originally these were produced by Crest, which is owned by Richard Rich. Nest, which is they primarily make like religious movies. And Sony I Wonder, know what which Nest is like, does. Which is like a kids label thing. Yeah, yeah that, one, that one was the weird one to me because I'd never heard of that. Uh, me neither. Th- this, I have, this sounds to me like somebody at Sony was like, we're going to make up a label. But Sony is in charge of distributing it, right? So if you buy, if you bought this on DVD for some godforsaken reason, Sony's logo would be on the corner because they're they're the ones making the DVDs. So the next movie, though, you're right. We have Streetlight Productions. That's it. Yeah. But here's the thing: is it's still being produced by Nest, Crest, and Sony. Uh, Streetlight Productions, as far as I know, doesn't exist. 
<laughs> go on. Like the you go if you go to the uh the website, the only the only thing that hints at this production studio's existence is this movie and the website. And also apparently all of these movies are being handled through Swan Princess Partners LLC. Oh, this website is disgusting. Oh, this website is dis- swanprincessseries.com. Oh, fuck this. This looks terrible. Finally, the HD remaster on Blu-ray. Finally. 25th anniversary. What makes this HD remaster? I love... Okay, okay, wait. So I'm on this website, which looks like it is written in Comic Sans, unironically. Oh, this website looks awful. On the 25th anniversary Blu-ray, from the director of The Fox and the Hound comes the Swan Princess. This motherfucker has directed, like, 80 Swan Princess movies, and they're still leaning on that Fox and the Hound bit. Motherfucker also produced Alpha and Omega. Why isn't that here? Yeah, I wonder why not. Anyway, let's get into the movies proper, because this sounds like we could really sink into this newsletter and we shouldn't man we got a kick he got a kick this, against the current this no this newsletter Andy. updated this Andy. month december 2019 <laughs> well of course they just released a new one why read uh, more happy holidays who, who is who's owning this website this is just a bunch of like how to how to write a journal how to keep a holiday journal and then a Andy. recipe for gingerbread men what is this <laughs> what's happening i'm leaving all right i'm back I oh I'm I'm eternally fascinated. What's going it's, on? It's tr- <laughs> I think somebody stole this website. I think I think fucking I think Swan Princess LLC forgot to keep buying this website. Somebody else is operating it and they just get a couple of emails every month from Swan Princess LLC like, "Hey, remember to post about our new Blu-ray." The Forbidden Arts. The Forbidden Arts. Oh, now, we we get juicy we start, up in here. Before we start Let's establish mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we know the Forbidden Arts to be. The Forbidden Arts was, one, created by Rothbart with the help of one or two or maybe three other people. At least three human hands have have contributed to the Forbidden Arts in some way. Mm-hmm. We have seen the Forbidden Arts be destroyed and we've seen the notes to create it be destroyed. Yes. Now throw all of that out the window because the Forbidden Arts is a demon, I guess. The, so here's the thing is we are we are pulling some we are at what are we doing here? We're doing some uh some like Terminator uh Dark Fate shit. We're ignoring all of the other movies except for the first one, right? We're really like smashing up the first one too, because I don't know if you remember, the Forbidden Arts is not mentioned until the second movie. Oh my god, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! He's just magical. Yes. So they decided to keep this stupid orb that they made, but erase everything about it. Everything that we know about it, except for the name and the shape. Oh, there's another thing too. They introduce right now during the prophecy, which is the glowing stone. We no, no, no. Before we get to the glowing stone, it's like they couldn't think of a name. It was that was like the stand-in name. They're like, we'll we'll figure it out later. I know, like, it really does feel like a temp name, like, ah, oh, the Glowing Stone. We'll come up with some, like, 
Something cool. Even Forbidden Arts, though, sounds like... That sounds like a fucking Hogwarts class. Oh, I'm taking the Forbidden Arts class this uh, this uh, this semester. So I said this the first time we met the Forbidden Arts. The Forbidden Arts sounds like a book. It sounds like a bunch of notes Rothbard like had on like, how to do like magic. Like a tome. Right. But it's not... <laughs> it's an orb that gives you magic. Except now it's not. It's a demon that lives in an orb. <laughs> And that that possesses people to give them magic, I think. But we never see it possess anybody. I thought it was going to possess people, but it doesn't. It just like explodes stuff. It's like it's like what do you what's that thing from it's like a smoke monster, but magic. Yeah, it's it's just but here's the thing is it's just an orb of smoke and it mm-hmm. never at any point stops being that. It never like takes the form of Rothbart or possesses the kid or something. I was expecting, like, a cool smoke silhouette man. Sure. And I was like, that's something, but this is nothing. It's just an orb that's smoky. It's like Mysterio's helmet is constantly vaping. Also, here's the important thing about it as well. Its weakness is being near Odette, which means it never gets to, like, be directly in conflict with her. Because if it goes near her... It has to just run away, and it's it's really nothing. <laughs> it's disgusting. Speaking of which, do you want to talk about this prophecy? <laughs> I want. That's what I want to get to. Is there is a centuries ago? Why? Why is it centuries ago? Why do we have to go back hundreds of years? The, the timeline gets all fucked. There is a prophecy, a legend that in the in the coming day there will be a swan princess who will usher in an age of goodness and in her presence pure evil cannot survive yeah and he this this pisses off the forbidden arts like what i want to say something else the forbidden arts and this is going to be a bold fucking stance but stay with me uh-huh is kind of a cool character okay oh okay if this movie made any sense I might have liked the Forbidden Arts. I think it might be the voice actor. The voice actor. Here's the. Here's why we like the voice. Tony, we know we like this voice actor. It's number nine. It is number nine. Okay. He was so solid and like every line delivery was so great. that I was like, yeah, all right. I could see this in a movie that was like not terrible. This thing as the bad guy, even if it was just a weird smoke monster, could be something. This guy fucking rules. Like, but yeah, I mean, we gotta watch more stuff with this guy in it. He can carry a movie. He can, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, is every time the Forbidden Arts was on screen, I'm just thinking, oh, we're we're squandering this talent because this guy is awesome. I think he was better as number nine. He's gonna come back, by the way. Number nine is in Royally Undercover, which I'm so into. <laughs> it's insane that number nine comes back because we have two movies where he is not even hinted at existing, but the fucking farmer becomes a character for some fucking reason. Yeah, that was weird. So we have this prophecy. And and here's the first thing that the movie does after, while I was still like rolling my eyes. Oh, of course, they open with a prophecy. Mm-hmm. It does the first thing that I was like, okay, okay. All I right. like this. We're getting something. A demon is editing the prophecy so it says something else. He is pressing backspace on fucking Google Docs and typing in a better prophecy. Well, better I really him. like that. I think that's a good, if you're going to be evil, writing a fake prophecy is like a solid way to do it. I, I think what comes of it is kind of boring and not interesting, but... I, I've seen this done better when instead of... Because what he does is he literally backspaces and like replaces words, which is uh-huh. fine. 
I've seen this done better when they take away words, but that's all they do. It did seem really weird that he had to write evil over Swan Princess because he he changed he changed the era of goodness to like an era of darkness or something, and then yeah. he's like, uh, also she's evil. And it's like, well, that's it. Like clearly, no longer fits in the format. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. The kerning is all off. There, yes. these words are not the same length. I I wanted to see a scene of him meticulously like, all right, I have seven spaces to work with oh this word's too long too long throw it away right like but now he uh-huh. just rewrites it so it's fine because it's magic who gives a shit also the prophecy doesn't mention a glowing stone it's just it said we are told about the glowing stone it's like also there's a glowing stone bt like, dubs okay. keep it keep this in mind there's a glowing stone and it can and then her. we get some real hardcore retconning where it's like so he employed rothbart to destroy her, but he was defeated. And Rothbart didn't destroy the Swan Princess. He created the Swan Princess. He ma- he's the reason she's the Swan Princess. Right. Here's the thing. Like, you've read Harry Potter or seen the movies, right? Yeah. There is a story in, okay, the bad guy created the thing that's supposed to destroy him. Yes. It's not this, though. They don't even mention that the reason she's a swan princess is entirely because of Rothbart. Which is insane, because later on in the movie, we get to rewatch the movie, but in 3D now, which sounds like it would be better, but it's actually worse. By the way, isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy isn't that it? now they have switched to CGI, but they're still leaning on old scenes from the first movie, like they were doing the whole time? Like they were doing in the second movie and the third, the third movie, movie and the fourth movie? Yes. Well, they just they just actually just redid the scenes in the fourth movie where they're like, we're just going to do it again. We're just going to do it again. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that's blowing my mind is, is I guess it, I guess it works. I guess there are people out there who love this first movie so goddamn much that on number five, they can still lean on that good faith. I don't, I, I, I don't believe that because this movie is so wildly different and came out so much later. Well, but that's the thing. This movie came out in 2014, I think. After this, like, according to Trend, the, after this, we don't get a Swan Princess for two years. And then we don't get a Swan Princess for one year. And then one year. And then one year. At this rate, at this rate, if this continues, we're going to get two Swan Princess movies in one year. And after that, we're fucking approaching singularity. Like, we're going to start getting Swan Princess movies a day, right? They're going to be ch- pumping these things out. We're the fucking crazy people on the street corner. The end is nigh. The Swan Princess is coming. <laughs> Could you, what if at the end of Watchmen, instead of like a giant tentacle, monster appearing over new york city it's just like a giant box dvd box set of all the swan princess movies and then like five million new yorkers are killed (laughs) that's what this is modern times modern times derek and odette are rushing toward the castle derek is panicked odette says derek don't you think and i thought no odette he no he he doesn't derek has never thought derek one of the original Prince Himbos, uh, now that that word has <laughs> entered our lexicon. We can say it now. Derek is a himbo. He's never thought anything in his life. Odette is the one who makes decisions. So here's the thing about Derek. Um, actually, no, no, no. This is, this is not really about Odette or Derek. This is about this animation. Yo, did you see this fucking horse? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I didn't. I Because this motherfucker cannot touch the ground as it runs. And in every other scene with horses in it, they also do not. Their legs are going everywhere. They're slipping and sliding like they're on ice. It is hideous. If they can't, If you can't make a horse animation, quit showing me its legs. Here's the thing, Tony, right? Is you said, did you see this fucking horse? And I thought to myself, were there horses in this movie? There are like eight horses in this movie. There are like eight scenes with horses. Ridiculous. And then I thought, no, there have to be because there's so many. There, wagons are a really big deal in this movie. They use them all the time. Yeah. 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 And and then I realized I must have been I must have been like mentally blocking it because animating horses is like the hardest thing in the world. Like legit, if you talk to an animator, like the worst thing an animator can do is have to animate a horse because they move so goddamn weird. But most people know what a horse run looks like. So it's easy to get it wrong. It's it's like the the amount of saturation horses have in our culture versus how easy they are to animate means if you get it even a little bit wrong, you fucked. Your horse looks like shit. Let, let me talk about Uberta and her fucking Munchausen bullshit that she pulls. This is some horse shit. You don't do this shit. Everybody's like laughing at it like it's such a funny joke. But also, fuck you, you terrible bitch. This woman is a munipul- a munipul- munip- She's a manipulative <laughs> bitch. <laughs> She's an a- She is not fit to rule. She is not fit to be a part of this family. She's garbage. This is if garbage. Anybody in my family pulled this shit. To try to get Derek to doink his wife. She is- Why- Why don't- Listen, why don't you two fuck? Uh, it's because Derek doesn't know what that is. I- I am legit convinced- well, there's a scene late, later on in this scene. I we see Derek's oh we're gonna bang face, uh, which isn't great. <laughs> we do, we do, and it's horrifying. It's it's really bad. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, maybe he does know how you get a baby. Because up to this point, I was like, maybe he just doesn't get it. The face that I'm going to loosely describe as like a smirk combined with the smolder that he makes. So much radiation was coming off of my screen. I could feel myself getting sterilized. Like, it's oh, like, I'm not having if children. Flynn Rider was getting a prostate exam <laughs> while he was trying to do the smolder. You, you look different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember like a tangled song that I can use to put in like some prostate exam joke, but. I haven't seen that movie, like, I think since it came out on DVD, so. I mean, I know all the Tangled songs. Frankly, I've Got a Dream would maybe be the one to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Look, we'll Uh, work on it. Oh, I have a dream, all right. Um, Oh, man. I just realized that his line in that song is just much less (laughs) touchy-feely. Look, this could work. We all wish that prostate exams were less touchy-feely, but that's how they have to be. Anyway. So then we see Jean-Bob. No, no, no. Wait, wait. We got to go back because we haven't talked about the squirrels, the flying squirrels. We have met them already. Have we? I, I thought that was after Jean-Bob's scene where he pretends he's dying too. We we briefly meet them Sucky because fire. because after, after the Forbidden Arts changes the prophecy, we also right. find out that centuries ago, I guess, I don't fucking know. These flying squirrels found the prophecy and separated themselves from society for all time. I guess, sure. Also this. Also, more recently, yeah, that happened centuries ago. But more recently, one of those flying squirrels stumbled upon the Forbidden Arts. It's just happened to wander into this extremely secluded cave. Well, I think he'd stolen something and was hiding in there. 
But, like, this cave is hard to get to. And through him, we learn later, that this guy is now the leader of the Flying Squirrels. I forget his name. His name doesn't matter. It you know what he looks matter. like? It took me a while to realize this, but his, uh, he's got the same fur as Rothbart's mustache. Ha <laughs> He does. Uh, do you think that was intentional? Do you think they're like, oh, we need to oh, make absolutely. him look a little bit no, like I think Rothbart? 100% that was on purpose. I just That's don't think it was disgusting. worth doing. Because now that I think about it, the good squirrel looks kind of like her dad, uh, Swan Princess's dad. He's like rotund and he's got the big bushy beard thing going on or mustache thing that. going on. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think it was intentional because because fuck this movie. The last thing I want to reproduce is that terrifying smirk is a note that I have. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Uh, they, they go help out this fucking farmer chop wood because I guess he broke his leg or something. So they want to go, like, they want to go bone down, but they got to help this guy first. Which sort of, I, okay. Is her dad a lesbian? Look. Or maybe she's asexual. Here's the thing. She seems to be finding a lot of excuses to not get with her husband. I legit just spit water all over myself. Fuck, dude. I did not expect that to go there. She, you're right, that she's incredibly against fucking her husband. It's weird, to the point where she adopts a kid later. And if you really think about it, that sounds like what she's doing is getting out of doinking her husband. To, wait, yeah, because that's all adoption is. <laughs> um... Well, that's not, that is 100% not what I meant. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just But like asked, in this, but... but but in this movie, it is very clear that at the beginning, what everybody wants is a kid and they get a kid and now there's like no reason to have another kid, you know? Everyone is content with this. Everyone yes. is perfectly, like, I think everyone wanted a child. Who was already eight years old. Let's skip the hard parts. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta commit to this franchise somehow. We need a child, but nobody wanted to fuck each other. So the fact that they found one by happenstance are like, okay, listen, if this child works out, because they do say that a lot, if this child <laughs> works out, like we don't have to send it back to the fucking orphan store, uh, we don't have, <laughs> then I don't have to fuck this guy who's a piece of shit and kind of sucks. Leesball who's killed me like four times. And is kind of an absent father in. <laughs> oh my child. god we'll get there fuck um so oh speak ab, we're gonna get to absent fathers so they're helping this guy out and this guy's like oh by geez, the way I this feel... is something that will come back which is odette and derek even now have not learned to delegate okay this guy needs help can't they get anyone else we have fired all of the guards from this castle no guards no andy there were never any guards I went back and I listened to our old Swan Princess episodes, and this was... There had to have been guards in the very first movie. Maybe there were guards in the first movie, but also they never live... They don't live in that castle, except maybe now they do? No, they still live in the Swan Princess castle. Okay. There were never any guards at Swan Lake. We established this because the old guy with no magic just wandered in and captured Odette for no reason. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. And yeah. So and the same thing kind of happens later in this movie, which is people can just fucking wander in because there's no guards. Just nobody. There's nobody who can do anything. And it's wild, the, especially because the princess and or queen is captured fairly regularly. You want guards. They do eventually get guards. Yes. To be fair. Uh, eh. But it takes them until the end of this movie. <laughs> so, oh, we get some really bad shit here. So they help this guy out. At one point, Odette is like, we could raise your taxes, like, fucking feel guilty, peasant. Just reminding him of his place. 
Um, <laughs> as, as they're leaving, some of these flying squirrels, now they're called scullions in the movie, but fuck off, they're flying squirrels. Yo, I looked up scullions, and I could not find a flying squirrel called that? I just looked at Wikipedia, though. So, I mean, maybe there's maybe there's a Latin word that sounds like that, but I could not find it. So, yes, we'll, we'll call them squirrels for the purposes of this podcast. For, for the purposes of that's what they are. Um, they Now, these squirrels were designed, I think, by the same people who designed Sonic Boom's stuff, because they all have, like, like scarves and wraps around their uh, wrists and shit for some reason. They don't look like they belong in this movie. They... They look a little bit like they could belong in... They would have to be designed a little bit better, but the fairy movies? I... Yes, I was thinking maybe they would have belonged in, like, an Ice Age. They could, yeah, definitely Ice Age. Like, one of those Ice Age movies, which I am now thinking of... Now that I'm thinking about it, baffled that we haven't even touched those. Because there's, there's like, five or six of those, yeah. They stopped making them. Also, I'm not including the Scrap movie, all that shit. Those are all shorts. Those aren't movies. Odette has gotten a lot worse at carriage chases. She has become frighteningly less competent over these last eight years. It's it's really troubling. (sighs) Okay, the squirrels attack her by attacking the horse and making it run, and then they have blocked a, a, a pass, so the... Basically, the carriage is going to fall right off of a cliff. Derek saves her. Derek pulls this crazy move. This crazy Catwoman bullshit. This makes no <laughs> physical sense. He jumps on the... Okay, he jumps on the carriage as it's falling. Jumps off of it. It is still falling at the same rate, which is literally impossible. Yeah, it should uh, be and falling And then faster. he whips it with... <laughs> A whip, whip that I don't believe was established in the scene. Came out of nowhere. Derek isn't known for whips. This motherfucker's known for swords and bows. Yeah, his big thing's bows, right? That's how he killed Rothbar. Well, I think his big thing's swords now, but yes. Okay. He's still, like, the squirrels still refer to him as a hunter, though. So, he, he drives carriage back. It's like a super weird scene because the action in it doesn't make any sense. So, the squirrels go back and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we almost did it. And long story short, this gets back to the um, chief forbidden guy, arts. The... Well, yeah, they tell it to the chief. Uh, chief's like, "Well, you still didn't do it, you fucking rubes." But that they call him a rube. <laughs> I, I I do want to also remind you though, because this when this happens, it blew my mind. Is when Derek is pulling the wagon onto the cliff. They they show him pulling on the wagon. And then they cut back to the wagon, and instead of animating the wagon coming back on the cliff, they just stop animating it falling. It doesn't actually move. It just stays there, but it's just not falling anymore. And 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 I was like, oh, all right, so this is what this is what this movie is. All right. And so after that, I like I I was like looking for them cheating out animation, which for the most part, this movie's okay. This is, I think, the most egregious example of that in this movie. But that this next movie, it gets bad. Like, they are cutting corners like you won't believe. There's one very clear animation sheet in the next movie that I cannot stand. Oh, yeah. We'll get to it. Leader Squirrel tells the, the Forbidden Arts, and the Forbidden Arts is like, All right, you know what? I'm just going to kill him. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. It never works when I get you guys to do it. I'm just going to do it. And the Squirrel's like, What? No. You'll... <laughs> You can't. She's still, you, you, you know. You can't. She's her, and you know that you can't. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I got this. Go fuck yourself. Guard my jar. <laughs> don't let anyone touch this jar. I don't know why he sounds like Optimus Prime to me. He flies off. He goes to attack Odette, and he, like, swerves. <laughs> he, like, he, like, like there's a magic force of her... field that she just, he... they just... 
bounces right <laughs> off of. <laughs> and then, oh, but then he fucking decimates this farmhouse, though. <laughs> this innocent farmhouse. He fucking hits it like a bullet, and it goes up in flames. Like, it is Wayne Manor at Batman Begins. It is out of here. I was genuinely shocked that this is how they get a kid. <laughs> No. I knew they adopted a kid. I did not think that what would happen was this dude, this dude who did not seem like he was going to die, was like, I need to die so that you get a kid. <laughs> this this guy, I refuse to believe that this child is this little girl's father. Brother, maybe, but not father. I have to imagine what the last two minutes of his life. I'm crying. Like, he must have walked home. Like, oh man, just had a great day chopping wood and ruffling the hair of my child. Nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> and then he's just dead. He just, a log falls on him and he's fucking dead. And this little girl watches him die. She does. And honestly, in the most... In almost the most interesting thing in this movie, even though it makes her very uninteresting for the entirety of this movie, she will not talk because of this terrible thing that happened to her. Which I... Oh, also, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I almost forgot to mention this, but it's fucking insane. Uh Uh-huh. So Odette is just, like, hugging this girl, and what she says is, it's okay. And that made me so fucking mad, because... It's not, Odette. And you used to be good at dealing with people. You used to be good at consoling. And let me tell you what, nobody wants to hear this in the midst of a tragedy are the words, it's going to be okay, or it's okay. It's going to be okay would at least be something. It's forward-looking, but even then... It will be okay, it won't always be this bad, although it's not the time to say it. It's okay is patently untrue. The house is still on fire, her dad is dead. Motherfucker is dead as fuck, and he's not coming back. Oh, but what I I love more is, as this is happening, the Forbidden Arts is, like, crawling away from the scene. Fucking limps back to his cave, and the squirrel's like, "I guess it didn't work." And he's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's like that's what I really like. Again, I think it's the voice actor. He just has like he just says like, "Leave," and it's still he's still intimidating. But like you know, he just got his ass whooped just by being near Odette. Killed the shit out of that guy, though. He did. So Killed he the still shit got out it. Random dude. <laughs> Oh, here uh, it is. I'm going to put down a bet right the fuck now that no one gets turned into a swan in this movie. <laughs> so, okay, wait. So we see this kid, like, for real. First day out of the... Uh, Horror. And my first thought is, mm, she needs a sandwich. This kid is, like, so reedy and thin with such a big head. And, like, kids have big heads, right? We're we're leaning into anime territory with this design. And I guess I got more used to it by the second one. Maybe because she also occasionally said and did something. Yeah, when it's just, like, a posing doll. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. And she doesn't emote well. I don't think that's her design. I think she just spends most of this movie being in shock. But, it again, it doesn't help. It's probably also the design because sometimes a character smiles and I'm like, huh, that's, uh, you gotta, hmm. Hey, Granny, what big teeth you have. I I feel like sometimes they do the opposite thing, though, because sometimes they smile and I'm glaringly aware of their teeth. And then sometimes they smile and there's no teeth. And it's like, do they just forget to render their teeth? There's no middle. 
there's there's a scene near the end where Elise smiles. That's her name, Elise. Yes. And she has no teeth, but Odette is next to her, and Odette has many has teeth. teeth. She has too many teeth. She too has two. Teeth. It's like it's it's very bad. It's, it's like oh, she, she stole, stole that child's teeth. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I this is the only the only time in this movie and the next movie that I genuinely laughed at a joke that they did because these two movies both try to do a lot of jokes. Most of them are bad, ninety nine percent of them. But this one joke that Queen Uberta does, I thought was really funny, which is when she holds up the Prince Derek action figure. And pulls the cord and he starts singing one of the songs from the original Swan Princess. But it's a song that was sung by the princess. And then it breaks <laughs> and he's just repeating a lyric over and over again. That genuinely got me laughing. And I think it was just because I was at, I was like, fuck this movie. What is this? Man, I was already so exhausted. I don't think I laughed at all at either of these movies. Although if I did, it was probably during the second one. I feel like there were some lines in the second one that was like, hey, that's actually like a... I, I got really fed up with the second one after they started doing a certain bit that they just wouldn't drop. 2014 is both way too late and way too early for a classic 90s hip-hop record scratch in this white-ass woman pop song. Yes, so it's... And it's also... This is right after we were told that Elise can't talk because she's so traumatized. Yes. And now... Bam! Like the poppiest bullshit song I've maybe ever heard outside of A Swan Princess Christmas. Oh, yeah, right. This movie has it bad. This movie has four songs and three of them happen just back to back to fucking back. Yeah, so this one's like a song about trying to get Elise to like talk. And it's so poppy and so terrible. And the second song is sung by the squirrels. Yes. It's like a war song, and yes. it, by comparison, I can't, I cannot tell you if this song is genuinely good or if I had just finished listening to that other song and I was like, "Wow, this song is like way better." It, that is not so terrible. I don't know which. It's probably the second one. The the squirrel war chant I thought was fine because just because mm. it's like a bunch of there's a lot of talking that's happening in the middle of it because they're like preparing to like do their big plan to kill the swan princess i think that was also what kind of sold it for me because it was their chant and then the, i mean the person talking over it was fucking the the forbidden arts who has like the best voice he doesn't get a song which is fine oh, he, probably that's a crime I, no that's a fucking crime he deserves a, a, a an i want song Oh, I don't know if he could do it. I don't know this, if this no, voice. I think he can. All this right. guy, he's been voice acting for how many Swan Princess movies? He has to have sung in at least one of them. After, So after we get our war song, in which they build a pyre to the Swan Princess and then riddle it with poison darts. I love it. Uh, like it's the end of fucking, like, or I guess the beginning of fucking Indiana Jones. We get another song uh, because Elise wakes up having a nightmare and Odette goes to console her with with Derek and then Derek just fucking leaves fucking leaves fucking leaves he's not the swan princess is he no he's no. the rube who keeps killing her also these two fully dressed in the middle of the night you know that's a fair point get well costume changes are expensive to animate so okay so they, this hey actually they can't be right no because because somebody has to model that and then texture it and it's a no, lot. No, no, it's no, no. A... Look, look, she's wearing a dress, right? You just, you just change the texture to a nightgown, and then just do that. 
It doesn't have okay. to be crazy. Okay, but then her nightgown just looks like a dress. Just looks like a fancy dress that you wouldn't It'd be fall better than her in. just wearing the dress. But uh, yeah, but listen, dog, it's hard is what I'm saying. I don't think it's nearly hard enough to facilitate this problem. Maybe it's like nine o'clock and they haven't gone to bed yet. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's fair. Now, here's the thing is this doesn't count as either me or Tony being wrong, because here is when we get flashbacks and we rewatch bits of the first movie again, for, again, mm-hmm. for the second time. And in this part, we watch her turn get turned into a swan by Rothbart. That doesn't count. That's not this movie. As far as I'm concerned, no one's turned into a swan in this movie because if that happened in the first movie, and now we're just seeing it again. You're right. She, it acknowledges that she was turned into a swan by Rothbart. But yes. what it doesn't acknowledge is that is why she's the swan princess. And because that Never. means that the Forbidden Arts has the ability to turn her into a swan. Why doesn't he just do that? Also, here's the other thing is... Like I said before, the Swan Princess is the person in the prophecy, but it talks about her being born. Like, when she was born, it ushered in a new age of goodness. But she was not the Swan Princess when she was born. She was the Swan Princess after she was turned into a swan. And this movie refuses to acknowledge that. It, it, this movie doesn't care about canon, about about establishing like a through line through films. I don't know why it even bothered. It cares about having come up with the name Forbidden Arts and really wanting to milk it for some reason. Speaking of milking it, so the squirrels have decided to, we'll get to why that segue mattered, will uh, have decided <laughs> to attack the castle uh, while, I guess they're playing hide and seek or something, I don't know. They kidnap Elise and attack the castle because this kingdom has no army or guards. Correct. And this this squirrel with an eye patch, and this squirrel with an eye patch is, I think, my favorite character in this movie. He's got something. He's got a good here's, design. Here's the thing. I actually quite like Scully. I know that's that's probably an unpopular opinion. No, no, I like Scully too. I think he's fine. I okay. think his lines are wild, but I think the things he says are crazy. His, but... his lines are wild. I I sort of like his delivery of everything, and the fact that for some reason, like he knows everything that's going on, even though it makes no fucking sense. Like he's a Merlin character. Yes, and that's that's I feel like even more leaned into in the next one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He goes full fucking Obi Wan. Why does he know everything? Is that I was like I was watching the next one, and I'm like, you fucking cowards! Tell me how he knows this stuff. Oh, it's you, you, he, he, you fucking cowards. Tell me how ghosts work. Tell me how ghosts work, you fucking cowards. Here's the thing, right? And no, I can't, I can't talk about this now. I can't talk about this now because we have to talk about it when we get to it, but it is insane. Fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi ass bullshit. It is lazy as fuck. Honestly, I loved it. It's so terrible. At one point, while these squirrels are attacking this castle, this baker decides that the best thing for him to do is oh. to shoot frosting. Okay, at these so squirrels. yes, and I wonder if you were going to mention this. <laughs> I I was distressed. I I was actively so this like baker. This baker, not to put too fine a point on it, starts ejaculating all over these squirrels, he, the, and then these squirrels blow their load right back on him. It's not good. It looks so gross. I I cannot describe it. It, it the 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 viscosity. It. it looks it looks like it's jizz. ejaculation. It's fucking jizz coming. It doesn't look like frosting. It doesn't look. It looks like it's like it's it's weird. It's how how do you did nobody just look at that and go ah oh, man they're just coming all over each other. 
I also wanted to mention that Derek's sidekick is the first one to get picked off. Oh, <laughs> and I keep having moments in this movie where I was like, I wish that person died right there. He, he disappears. He does. It's like a. It's like fucking alien. I. He never comes back. He does. He's tied up. We see him tied up. It's, no, but he's, he's not dead. But he's gone after this scene. Cause, and he doesn't come back for the... Did they just leave him there to starve? Gosh, I hope so. I And also, if they did, why didn't they do that to John Bob, who is still in this series for some reason? And I still mm. hate him every time he talks. He's actually consider... I think he is considerably less obnoxious in the next one. He's inoffensive. In a way that he, like, wasn't since the first movie. He was, like, he was, like always the worst character until suddenly he's just, like a character like a normal person yeah it was weird but the thing is is i guess i don't know i, I think it's just because he doesn't have anything to do other than he, tell... he doesn't have a lot to do and that's probably the safest way to play it mm-hmm. just don't give him anything this is when we find out that this eye patch squirrel does have an eye and it's also his reading eye <laughs> and and that little shit like that is why i like this guy is he's got he's got something he's got some character he's got some charisma he doesn't have a name uh, until halfway into the movie but he's got character there's something there. So everybody is thrown to the cellar, which I thought we had established was an attic uh, in our last episode, but it looks like is a cellar. This is the, so the attic in the last movie is different. This is the cellar from the second movie. Okay, okay fine. I thought they looked exactly the same, but it's been a while since I've seen a Swamp Princess Christmas, I mean, to the, be fair. The only difference between an attic and a cellar is that one is wet and the other one is very dry. They're going to get flung to death. Which is interesting i think i like it partially because i feel like they try they're trying not to say like executed or something but it gets it across that like hey if you put somebody in a catapult and they don't have these squirrel wings they're going to fucking die they're 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 dead as fuck and the at one point one of the characters mentions that like like i think it's probably rogers who's like if you put us in there we'll we'll, we won't survive and the squirrel's like yeah well that's the point isn't it or something like that i oh actually rogers has a great line where the squirrel talks about putting the queen there and he says you'll put her in there over my dead body he's like okay well you'll have to go first (laughs) which (laughs) i really like and rothbard immediately stands down like well i mean metaphorically (laughs) over my metaphorical dead body like ah coward next scene Whatever. Not dealing with these fuckers any longer than I need to. Derek and Odette are going to get Elise. They, and they get ambushed, and Derek sacrifices himself to the poison dart. Okay, wait. Before this, there are traps set up. Derek sees them because he's he has dealt with traps before. Motherfuckers if built a couple of traps. Yeah. Yes. Regular Fred Jones in here. He's like, so we're in trap country. There's some treasure around here. There is a moment that infuriated me where they both see a bunch of crossbows and they both lean slightly to the side and they're like, yes, this will work. And it does. does? And they're like, oh, leaning slightly to the side can't hit me. Why doesn't everybody just do this? Uh, When back when the original the reboot of Star Wars. I guess it's not a reboot. The The continuation of the new Star Wars happened. What the hell are you talking? Are you talking about episode seven? Yeah. When okay. it was announced and they released the first trailer. Okay. And everyone was like, oh my God, what's happening? Somebody took that trailer and edited it into a George Lucas edition. 
where they added like a bunch of explosions and <laughs> and like and a band and they put a job of the hut in there and that's really and, uh, good and and at one point it, a scene when uh one of them is flying as like a, a fighter pilot they're flying and then like a bolt blaster comes at them goes through the windshield and through the back of the seat and they just animated the head so that it just leans to the right so that it just misses <laughs> and and that's what this was it was like just like re- like it's bullshit like you can't do yeah. that but i will say this it is about time Derek died for once you know what it is his turn and i'm glad that he got a chance to feel what death uh, approaching oncoming death could be like so Derek gets shot with a with a with a, a poison uh, dart and he is out like a light yes and now we meet scully and what is there to say he uh andy said it best he's merlin he's this like weird his uh uh history student slash alchemist who's like no nah, the swan princess isn't evil Psh, i know that he's a he's also a flying squirrel yeah and he's i cannot place any of the accents that these squirrels have but uh he's got a he's got a, he's got it on strong i think compared to the right. other squirrels like he's got an accent wouldn't be able to tell you from where some of those other squirrels they sound british or f- new zealand like i don't know it is it's it's it's, it's something it's something somewhere it's they're either odd. they're either people from new zealand trying to sound american or people from america trying to sound british right like it's it they're at they're at this weird like we're trying to cover up our accent i just yeah. cannot tell you what the original accent is so scully heals Derek, and they make a plan to get elise right yes i think at this point elise mentions that like they were elise hoping talk. they were hope sorry odette mentions that they were going to they were hoping to adopt elise someday and i was like what the fuck do you mean someday first of all you had an entire song where you introduced her to the town was that not adopting her well okay so there is that moment where they're talking about this is just before she gets kidnapped they talk about how they couldn't find any family Uh uh-huh and i think the idea was then they were going to ask her if she wanted to be adopted Mm -hmm. you know because they did they did the thing what you where you do what you do when you find a dog in the street <laughs> with its dead its dead owner right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yes, its dead owner's like take care of my dog. So you take the dog because you've hit this because because the person trying to murder you has swerved their car into the owner, right? Yeah, as happens. Right, it happens. Here's the thing: is this would be an amazing movie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you put the posters up. Uh, and nobody has called. So you're like, well, I guess this is basically our dog now, but we haven't gotten the license yet. Mm-hmm. But yes, it does seem like weirdly like she's hedging her bets about adopting this kid. If she doesn't start talking soon, we're going to finish burning her is the tone that is what I got out of this tones of the sentence. Scully is not like Scully does not know that there is no reason to explain everything that's happening in her family right now. When he says you you're going to go save your daughter or whatever, she could say yes. She doesn't have to say oh well she's not technically our daughter. It's this whole thing we we found her dad murdered by the Forbidden Arts. So hey, right as you do, it is weird. Now we get to see a scene that I prayed we wouldn't have to see, but I guess there is no God. There <laughs> we well we knew that. <laughs> we see. Queen Uberta on trial, and... Oh, I forgot that this scene happened. 
defending her. It is, honestly, when he talked about defending her, I was like, this is going to be terrible. And the scene they come up with is not that bad. I I saw this going a million different directions, and all of them were worse than what we ended up with. So I was... I was grateful in the way that you're grateful somebody decided to just, you know, like... Break a finger and not an arm. (laughs) I was going to say just kill you and not torture you, but sure. (laughs) So, I got a question. One of... So, so his defense is, they're all on trial, but particularly Queen Uberta. Yeah. Is on trial for aiding the evil swan princess. Yes. And his defense is, Odette isn't evil. Yes. Right. Really fighting the word of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law. So, he brings in these, this gingerbread village that Odette made for a bunch of orphans. And he's like, this is not this is not the act of an evil person. But he claims orphans love gingerbread. And he also says orphans have nobody. Which is like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> but he says orphans love gingerbread. But the whole place is still... Like, how if they love gingerbread so much... Why is it still there? Well, you can't. I, they had other gingerbread that they were allowed to eat. But this gingerbread uh-huh. is, it's its a gesture. It's from the princess. You're not allowed to eat it. We've seen the disrepair that that orphanage was in in the last movie. Wait a minute. They needed money. Didn't they move the orphans into the swan princess? Andy, they did not. What she happened? Just, she just used them. Wait, no, no, I, for their I, voices. that can't be right. That can't be right. They had to have moved them into a better house, right? No, 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 no. Tony, no. they had to. No, they did not. Because if they did it, then they'd be terrible people. They are terrible no. people. The whole, the whole thing of the Swan Princess Christmas <laughs> is the orphans are set dressing for the fact that you can be nice to somebody who doesn't have as much as you. And it's like... Oh, we're going to give them food when really they need like a new fucking building. No, they had to have put them in a new building. Andy, (laughs) I swear to you, I promise that they did not and that they are just that bad. How do you... Maybe they fixed up that building. No. But here's the thing. They didn't. I know they couldn't have because that... The same thing happens at the end of the next movie, where I don't want to jump to the end of the next movie, but you know what? I should I save this? I'll yes, save this. yes, because you know what? it's my biggest, it's my biggest complaint now with the series as a whole. Okay, so <laughs> all right, okay, okay. So, I'm baffled that we have no Marie Antoinette jokes at all in this scene. By the way, and that does seem weird because she looks like Marie Antoinette, or like, at least like not even paintings. like a not even like a let them eat gingerbread, which would have been choice. Uh, would have been something because they because the squirrels do eat the gingerbread rogers then um he does what i genuinely think in the context of this movie is maybe the most brilliant move because the one thing that everybody forgets in movie trials is they take a long time they take forever you gotta filibuster that shit and so he calls bridget and just like has her talk forever like that's his plan the his plan is like Derek will come back and he'll He'll save he us. He can kill some squirrels. <laughs> He'll save us and kill these squirrels before we even have time to say Marco Polo, right? Like, we got this. Right. Uh, but the problem is, is that Derek's too busy uh, barely waking up. Or I guess at this point, being asleep again. Okay. 
Let's talk about this terrible plan. This plan. Ooh. We, we, like, we've talked about bad plans on this show before. We've had our fair mm-hmm. share of bad plans. This might be maybe the second worst. I don't want to give it first place because I don't know for sure. But it's pretty okay. fucking bad, folks. Okay. The plan is the squirrels know that Derek is poisoned. And they think he's dead. Because these squirrels know how to make a good-ass poison. This thing will kill you in minutes. But they can't check for a pulse because they're fucking stupid, I guess. Scully is like, all right, I got this sleeping potion. I'm going to give it to Derek, right? Yeah. You got this. I'm going to give it to Derek. He's going to fall asleep. They're going to just drag him into the town. And then I'm going to tell Odette that he died. And she's going to run over and she's going to be like, oh, no, my love, he's dead. And she's going to kill herself. Okay, yeah. And then Derek's going to wake, wake up, up and he'll, as right. she's dying, and he'll be like, oh no, what a tragedy. This was all supposed to be a ploy. And then he's going to pick up her knife and also kill himself. And what are we talking about? <laughs> so Scully is like, and then I'll sneak in while everybody's distracted because P.S. I have been, I am not allowed in the building, in the village anymore because of my radical ideas that maybe you're not evil. Mm-hmm. So I'll sneak in, and I'll find where the kid is, and I'll be great. And you, Odette, you stay here, and, oh yeah, we forgot to mention that she found the glowing stone, Scully had it. And keep an eye on this glowing stone with your sidekick characters that we also neglected to mention because they don't do a lot in this movie. We got the Puffin, we got the Speed, the Turtle, and we got Jean-Bob the Frog. They're all here. All right. Don't remember the Puffin's name. Puffin's name is Puffin. It's General Puffin. Puffin goes with Scully. Derek is knocked out, he gets dragged to the thing. Puffin and Scully, I want to say, follow the leader squirrel up to the um, Cave of the Forbidden Arts, where we hadn't mentioned, but that's where Elise is being kept locked in a magic cage or whatever. Okay. After they kidnap her, yeah. It, it, it's in like like a stone cage with stone bars. It's pretty cool. This effect, the fact that they did it was, it was okay. It was cool. You just put it in there, make a rock fence. There is the, of course, common issue with animated movies where... If I can see Elise's whole head, that means she can fit her head through those bars. Which means she can fit her whole body through them. Because her body is quite small, yes. Because mm-hmm. her head is fucking messy. Now, I didn't have an issue with this until the Forbidden Arts left the chamber, and I was like, well, you can leave now, Elise, and she does not. Maybe it's a perspective thing. Maybe the the way that... It's, <laughs> it's not. That's not how perspective works. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but if we say maybe it's a perspective thing... I refuse to give this movie any benefit of the doubt. What are you doing? I literally just wrote this sucks twice. Um, I put everyone is so bad at everything in this movie. Oh, so I Derek, think this is the point. Derek wakes up because the, the sleeping potion wasn't enough. And he has a couple of lines here and I don't remember what they are. But this was the most that Derek has sounded like Spider-Man from the Spider-Man game. <laughs> and and I got mad. I got, I got physically angry because I remembered that there are good voice actors in this movie. And I was like... Why? Why does this exist? Why are they still doing this? Surely, surely, fucking, he made one just la- just this year. Surely the money from Spider-Man was enough. Wait, 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 wait. I remembered why I wrote that everyone is bad at everything in this movie. It's not only that Derek wakes up. Puffin and Scully captured the evil squirrel. Scully drank a potion that turned him into the evil squirrel and had this whole conversation with the Forbidden Arts about the Forbidden Arts plans. And he got to see where Elise was kept. He had everything on lock. Then he walks out and Puffin, I guess, forgot to guard the guy that they tied up and he's gone. And he immediately tells the Forbidden Arts what happened. And so now the Forbidden Arts knows Odette is onto them and Derek has woken up. So like everything's terrible. 
Everybody is so bad at everything. There's no reason for them to be this bad at literally anything. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Like it's bad. It's just bad writing, is what it is. Honestly, the the script in this movie makes no goddamn sense. Except, uh, but then they just do stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like it's insane that they would even think about doing this. Like, okay, so we haven't talked about them because they don't matter until now. But th- for the whole movie, there have been these two brother squirrels. One of them's like super buff and cool, and his younger brother wants to be super buff and cool, and they're like, ah, oh, we're gonna be great. And they spend the whole... They're the ones who are setting up all of the traps that Derek and Odette have been narrowly escaping. And they're like, man, we're the best at setting traps, right? Uh, we're not there yet. Yeah, we'll be there in a Fuck, second. Though. I got ahead of myself. So, but like, they, So what happens is, Puffin and Scully go and tell Odette what just happened. And not to put too fine a point on it, but Odette kind of chooses her husband over her kid. Yes. Well, she hasn't... He's not. She's not her kid yet. But that's the thing. Like, that's why I was suddenly like, I don't think she should adopt this kid. Because she knows Elise is captured. And she knows Derek woke up. Yes. They have both of those pieces of information. And she chooses to go after Derek. Even though it seems way more logical to me is to go after Elise. And maybe send, like, Puffin after Derek, you know? The thing is, is she doesn't even want to fuck this dude. Like, just go save the <laughs> kid. <laughs> I am absolutely the last person who 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 would say that the only, that the only reason... Like, it, obviously, there's more... There is more to being a relationship than having sex, right? But mm-hmm. she wants a kid. He is not a part of that. Pl- he's not even a part of that picture, though, because mm-hmm. he's not even raising this kid with her. If the beginning of this movie was like they f- they couldn't have they a kid. Fucked- this- <laughs> <laughs> That's they're, not what I was They're sitting to outside say. of a doctor's office <laughs> like in up and the doctor comes out and is like pointing at a chart and she starts crying. It's a little bit hard in a medieval movie. They should have just stolen it from up is the thing. But if they were just, like, talking about how they'd been trying to have a kid for a long time, but they never say trying, they do say want. But here's the thing, right, <laughs> is you can't do that in uh, in whatever, I think, I feel like this movie's aimed at, like, babies, right? Or at least children under the age of a teenager. So for some reason, they're afraid of broaching the subject of, in order for a baby to happen, two people need to try to have it. Uh, because they keep framing it as a, it's a future thing. But like y'all have been married for twenty five years, surely now's the time. <laughs> I, I I don't think the timeline <laughs> is in line with the actual timeline. No, no, no. Timeline. Listen, Tony, who cares? We who cares? we established that at Christmas one year had passed. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So wait, is the Christmas uh, movie still canon? If anything, the other sequels aren't canon, right? I don't know. I don't want to rewatch them to figure this out. The Christmas movie is the first CGI movie. Yes. And so that's where the reboot starts. know that number nine is coming back. So I believe it's canon. All right. That's, that's what we'll stick with. Odette goes to save Derek. And these are some bad zealots, man. She makes some pretty all right, not great, not terrible arguments about how she's not evil. Yeah. And they just eat it up. And like, I would want better zealots than that if I were trying to run a cult around how evil somebody is. I I would want some more legitimate zealots. You want people who are who truly believe in the cause. Right. How do these people not believe in the cause? They were raised on it. Centuries. 
for ago, centuries. They believed that this swan princess would bring in an age of despair. Yeah, you can't just like get over that immediately. But also apparently you can't. So then <sighs> one of them tries to shoot Derek and the the big brother knocks it out, knocks the pipe away and it hits his little brother. And I was so ready for another character to die in this movie. I was sitting here like, Odette, why can you never let annoying characters die? Huh? Because somebody does die in this movie, and it's the one character that I kind of liked. Here's the thing, right, is when this little kid squirrel starts dying, I was ready for it because I was like, I got a taste with that dad dying, <laughs> but let's get an established character to fucking bite it. Let's do this shit. This is when all of the other squirrels turn against the leader. Yeah, we got this. And then at the end, they all turn back and they look at him and he's holding his dead brother and it's really sad. But nah, Odette just has more fucking antidote, I guess, and they just give it to him and he's fine. To be fair, the antidote is established. These kids don't even come back is the thing. They could have killed him. <laughs> yeah, so suddenly all these warrior squirrels are on her side. Mm-hmm. Odette goes to save Elise with Scully and Derek and the sidekick characters... Oh, I've, we forgot about this. The psychic characters have been sent off with the... Green glowing stone. The glowing... With the glowing stone. And there's a scene that made me furious because the frog and the turtle are underwater using reeds to breathe. Yeah, they don't. And they're a frog and a turtle. They can hold their fucking breath. Both amphibious. They can both... They can both be underwater for a reliably long amount of time. Yes, it's it, it made me so angry. So they're playing fucking hot potato with, with uh, the Forbidden Arts. Right, and Derek's gonna go catch up with them while uh, Odette goes after Elise. And Odette finds Elise in the cave. And Well, no, 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 well, no, wait, well, wait, I forgot. Well, we got our well, Obi-Wan moment. This is our Obi-Wan moment. moment. No, 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 we don't get to go do that yet. First. Are we gonna just stick with them until the big thing happens then? Uh, no, 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 no. There is a third storyline that needs oh, to be wrapped up. Oh, right. Fuck, I forgot. So there, the trial failed. Uh-huh. And they gonna they go get flung. Derek never showed up. All of the squirrels bring out this catapult, and the queen is standing on it, regal as can be. Regal as she can be. Which is to say, not very. <sighs> do you want to say it or do I, man? I don't. It, there are very few things in my life where I can say this sentence. So I'm going to say this sentence, which is, mm-hmm. I don't like being right. <laughs> I, 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 do, do you want to know what it says in my notes? It says, fuck this movie for making Raj Berta canon. <laughs> because I, I was so furious. We, we all, we all knew. We all noticed this. But yes. the thing is, is that this sucks. From, from the second movie on. Yeah, and it's they, not. Yeah, it, it 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 ruins the fun of of the joke. Mm-hmm. It makes me write in a way that I don't like. <laughs> Roger just declares his love for her while she's on this catapult, and I think the best character moment of the movie is that then she goes, "Then it's so romantic that we get to die together, <laughs> right?" And refuses and like, to let him get um... off. <laughs> she refuses. Yeah, like no, bitch. Later, he does get the pretty okay line, maybe I don't want to be with somebody who thinks it's romantic to get flung. It's the principle of, it's the spirit of the thing. But their imminent death is interrupted by... The brothers. By the the brothers. By the brothers showing up. Yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Liam Hemsworth just waltz in with... They brought the prophecy with them, because I guess they somehow managed to put it back to how it was. I don't remember how they did this. It just like turned blue and was like normal. I, so like in this movie, Odette is like 
nebulously magic. She's got like raw magic just pouring out of her at all times. Like, Ichigo But this and was Bleach. literally never true for Odette. No. The only magic thing about her was that she got turned into a swan. Which and wasn't her. Always other people. That was other people doing, doing that. Doing that to her. Yeah. In fact, they, they even spelled it out in the second one when Bridget did it, because Bridget was the one who could use magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, I thought it was really weird that suddenly she's magic all the time, but whatever. Uh, yeah. She's got like a walking anti-forbidden arts field. What's the opposite right. of forbidden arts? Bidden arts? I'm a master yep. of the bidden arts. <laughs> Sounds vaguely sexual. Joe Bidden so. running for president. Fuck. Okay. Stop sounding sexual. <laughs> can, do, can, do, you, do you know the moment where it suddenly suddenly all sexuality left that sentence <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i i, I think I, I think i remember let's do derek stuff next you want to do derek first okay we can do derek yeah i think that, yeah, that's, I think that that's makes fine sense. we don't need to jump in between like they do we'll just do one then the other yeah so so derek and the other animals and now the squirrels as well are are trying to keep this green crystal glowing crystal from the forbidden arts no no no, 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 no. i'm sorry what? it is called the glowing stone i could not remember tony because it just it's i have it written down because it made me so mad that they could never think of a better word than glowing stone now you called it a glowing crystal which is almost better it's and a... therefore we cannot call it that it's almost something it's almost something. Tony, we don't have to be tied down by the restrictions that this movie places on us. We can be better. I as long refuse. As, we, as long as no, we remind I, people. No, I refuse to call it anything except the glowing stone. Because what they refused to do was even come up with a fucking George Lucas-ass name the, for it. The green rock. It's a kyber crystal. They got to put it in the lightsaber to make it a green one. To make it green, yes. Um, the fact that I know that those are called kyber crystals makes me sad. What was I saying? Glowing stuff. They, they've, they're keeping, they're playing keep away with the green rock. from the Forbidden Arts. They fail and the Forbidden Arts... Well, because the Forbidden Arts gets Derek. <sighs> the Forbidden Arts should at least have the ability to change its shape because all this scene is is an orb with a fucking tentacle caressing Derek's cheek. Also, the Forbidden Arts comes in with this threat that he's going to kill Derek and like the squirrels were ready to kill Derek. They were ready. Ago. Let him die. They should totally let him die to save the world. And to be fair, it seems like a squirrel drops it. Yes. And then another squirrel tries to get it, but the Forbidden Arts gets it first. So it doesn't seem like they were actually going to give it to him. It was just this weird ploy that distracted them for a second. This is either Big Brother Squirrel or Eye Patch Squirrel. I do not remember. I think it might be Eye Patch. Because they, they, they join back up after the trial somehow, and it's. Yeah. It, it culminates in this. He tries to get it, but the Forbidden Arts gets to it first in some egregiously bad slow mo. <laughs> uh, it looks like, it doesn't look like, because here's the thing about CGI. Because in real life, doing slow mo is hard because you have to get a camera that records at a faster frame rate, right? The faster frame rate that it can record the slower of an image you can get at 30 frames a second. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how you need a lot of light. Yeah. Because it gets for slow dark. motion, because it like eats up the light, which is insane to well, me. Well, because it doesn't, because because it takes time for light to enter the lens. So the faster that those flames are clicking, the less light gets to hit the negative. Right? It's hard in CGI. They don't have that problem, and yet right. it looks like they rendered this at thirty frames a second, and then went, "Wouldn't it be cool if this was in slow mo?" And then slowed it down even further. It looks like shit. 
They call. They also could have just animated it slowly too, though. Is the thing right? Like it baffling. Right. Absolutely baffling. So they get. Damn it! No, the Forbidden Arts gets the glowing stone. The stone. He grabs it. He turns green. No, he doesn't. No. No, he starts a green fire because I thought he turned green too. But when he leaves the fire, he's immediately just a smoke orb again. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, all right. This is the part where I started really losing faith in this movie. Like, it, it, like I wow, I know, Andy, I know. Wow, you had faith this whole time because because here's the thing: is I wanted the Forbidden Arts to. I thought maybe when the Forbidden Arts got its orbs on the stone, it would change into something. Ah, and so I thought, okay, I guess it turned green. I guess, but it doesn't even do that. But it doesn't even turn green. And I yes. was like, okay, okay. This movie has nothing. I I thought maybe it would have like a quarter of an inch of something. Nothing. I will say this. This movie still has David Lodge, the Forbidden Arts, and he gets the line when he gets the stone. He gets the line, let the age of despair begin and let it begin here. And it's like, holy fuck, man. I want to see this guy in a good movie, please. That's a line that you get in like a really good D&D session. Like, it's dope. Doesn't belong so in this movie. Well, let's get back to Odette. Let's get back to Odette because Odette has come in, has ran into a problem in that she can't bust these stone bars even with this stone she found. Well, before, before this, uh, Scully and the old right, the other guy, guy, they get into a fight and they both like fall off the, the thing. Okay, they go. fall. They fucking Holmes and Watts in it. Uh, he also gets nope, stabbed and nope, is bleeding. Nope. 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 What? Holmes and Moriarty? Yes. Holmes does not wrestle Watson off of a cliff. Okay, that would but be in, awesome. in, in my in my reboot of the Sherlock Holmes movie series, Watson Moriarty is what yeah, Watson is Moriarty, and that's yeah. the big game, is that Moriarty's been closer to Holmes than he could ever imagine. For sure, for sure, for sure. Intimately closer. Um Gross. Okay. But he also gets stabbed. I mean, not judging, but like. And and is, listen, people have wanted Holmes and Watson to fuck since the Victorian era, right? It didn't start with me and it won't stop with me. So (laughs) he also gets stabbed in his bleeding, which is, I I thought was crazy. I was like, really? This seems like a lot for this movie to have a, like, he does the thing where he like presses his hand. He's like, ah, I'm pressing my hand against my my chest and oh, there's blood. Mm." Pulling away blood. I, I can see the ending of this movie. So they fall off the cliff to their deaths, quote unquote. Yep. And then Elise runs into, or Odette runs into save Odette Elise. Odette runs into save Elise. She can't break the stupid bars. She was like, if only I was like a buff swan, then I'd be able to break these bars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Elise says that she needs to break the orb because she overheard that, I guess, while she was being kidnapped. Yeah, the Forbidden Arts talked about how the orb was important. I, it's never clear to me why the orb was important, especially after he got the glowing stone, but I guess it is. Yeah, it's his vessel, right? It's his it, right. His phyl- phyl- phylactery. And if it breaks, he will get sucked back into literal hell into, where he came into from. Into the center of the earth where the Forbidden Arts was destined to be. Odette tries to throw a rock at it, and the rock isn't big enough because apparently if something gets too close to this orb, it starts to disintegrate. Like mm-hmm. So like an asteroid hitting the Earth, right? If it's a big enough asteroid, eventually it'll be too big to disintegrate fast enough. Yeah, that's the plan. Although she does not come up with this plan. She does not come up with this plan because the Forbidden Arts comes back and he's like, I'm finally powerful enough to defeat you. And then monologues? <laughs> yeah, he, he. she tries to get him talking too. She's like, uh, what if I join you? You know, type of shit. 
He calls her a widow, which is a pretty solid burn, this, I guess. This exchange is genuinely awesome because if I was the hero in this position offering my services to the Dark Lord, that's a good offer. Like, the one thing that could defeat me on my side... Right. Well, but what you don't want is you don't want a Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine situation where it turns out that filling the prophecy means killing you in 20 years. Yeah, but uh, you still get your empire, right? Yeah, until it's all taken away. Look, it makes sense for him to decide to kill her. But but that's the thing about villains is, is you want them to have strong short-term goals mm. so that they do things. And they don't just stand around monologuing while they get defeated today. I'd rather be defeated in 20 years than be defeated today, right? I don't know. 20 years, you've built everything up. You have more to lose. If you're defeated today, then you can go do something else for 20 years. I would try to build something that could outlive me. Okay, but if you're defeated... Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is What's a legacy, Tony? It's planting seeds of a tree that you don't get to see. Scully (laughs) dives into the orb while holding a rock. Sacrificing himself. Yeah, he really blows everything up in a way that turns out will let him come back as a force ghost. My assumption is that he and the Forbidden Arts become merged into one being. And in the epic battle of wills, he won. He seems pretty chill to have won an epic battle of wills. Well, he frankly. seems like a pretty chill dude in general. Like, I sometimes worry that I would not be able to win an epic battle of wills because I'd just be like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> there was no room in hell left for Scully, so they sent him back. <laughs> Is this it? Are we at the end of the movie? Elise talks, so that was nice. And then they formally adopt her. Cool ghosts exist. And we're we're done. And that's it. That's all it took. Fuck this movie. Roll credits. Have you seen the cover art for A Royal Family Tale? I have. I was looking at it a little while ago. It is terrible. I want to talk about this because this does something that I find kind of fascinating and sort of uniquely terrible. On this cover art, they have taken the time, while well, Elise is very, very off model. Yeah. They've, but they have taken well, the they're, time they're to Well, they're both draw. incredibly off model. But they take the time to sort of make them look good. Like, they're, they're like, two-dimensional. Or maybe they had the 3D models and they drew over them. They painted over them is what it looks like, yeah. Yes, but they did not do that with either Derek, who is giving the sleaziest fucking look in the background, or the animal sidekicks, who just kind of look like they're floating there. It looks like they were copy-pasted on. Yes. This looks like a very quick Photoshop job. Yeah. Wherein they actually got an artist to do one small aspect of this and just dragged everything else together. The, the cover for Swan Princess, Princess Tomorrow. This title sucks. The Swan Princess, Princess Tomorrow, Princess Pirate Today. Princess Tomorrow, Pirate Today, yeah. Like, even if you just flip it, Pirate Today, Princess Tomorrow. Pirate Today, you, Princess Tomorrow sounds a lot better. Then you don't say Princess Princess. But, like, this is just going by cover art. This one already looks, like, a lot better because they did not do that thing. So everything kind of looks like it makes sense to be there. Now, that being said, Odette is right here, even though she is in the movie for about she's two not, minutes. Here's what I'll say. She's not in the movie. So I found quite a big picture of this. And if you zoom in, you can see Rogers in this boat that's like a JPEG of a real boat. <laughs> okay, give me a second. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for like, this. Like, if you zoom in on this boat, this is like a, 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 a like two real boat with like fake sails. 
There's really the cover arts for these are we I could talk about just the cover for the whole thing. These are fascinating. Oh man, I found a 2K version of this cover. Let's get deep in there. Wow, yeah, that's just a, that's just they just copy pasted him in there and then erased the parts that were covered. And that boat's just sitting on that water all Oh my god. Yeah. Can I see the queen in the castle? No, okay. That this castle is hand drawn. Yeah, the castle looks pretty good. This castle is hand drawn. The background looks pretty good. The Water might. The water looks like CGI water. I don't get but why. But the grass might not. Like, <laughs> these two motherfuckers are wearing tiaras. That's not really That's a true. thing in this series. That's not what they do. But I guess it's they say the word princess. Whatever. Yeah, a person wearing a dress does not equal princess. Anyway, you want to kick this off? You want to just get into it? Yeah, let's let's just get this done. Let's get this over with. <laughs> um, Sound more excited. Okay, so my first note, this movie series no longer has any idea what what it's about. For a hot second, I thought, all right, dinosaurs. But but no, we don't get dinosaurs. We get goblins. Let's just start with the first 10 minutes. Okay, so we see this little boy clearly like scrounging and living off the land where there are these um, goblins, weird goblin lizards that would like very much to eat him but they don't know he's there and we get we get some lore we do get some lore but what more importantly we get is i want to call it like a techno rap song sung by these weird lizards about all the food that they can't eat anymore because they've eaten all the food and i gotta say i kind of like it (laughs) i hate you i don't know why, but when that started playing, I was like, you know what? I can fuck with this. Sure. <laughs> fucking a bunch of goblins singing about eating shit in like this deep techno reverb space. Let's do it. All right. Is that what this movie's going to be? And I was a little disappointed, but. The biggest issue with Almost Any Spawn Prince's song is when a voice that cannot exist joins it. Yes. Later, Elise sings the titular song. Princess Tomorrow Pirate Today. Princess Tomorrow Pirate Today, which is an okay song. It's fine. But and near the end, her voice joins in with her voice. And I don't know, that that doesn't that doesn't jive with me. I can't do it. In a pop song, that's fine, right? Because in a pop song, you're not being asked to buy into a world where somebody is singing this by themselves. It's when it's framed like a musical and all of the songs are in the fiction. You can't do those kinds of special effects. You can have another person start singing with them, but if, otherwise you break kayfabe. And that's why I don't like any time where it's clear that like, oh, they've used computers to pitch this up or down a little bit. This absolutely breaks the story that they've established, you know? Yeah, because apparently, like, T-Pain exists in this universe, and he invented the vocoder already. T-Pain didn't invent the vocoder, but... Odette and Derek. No, 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 no. So these goblins <laughs> look terrible. You wouldn't let me brush past the goblins, huh? These, go- right. these goblins look terrible, but they True. we get some we get some lore here. Apparently, this island used to have people... It used to have animals and livestock, but now all it has is plants because they ate all of the animals and all of the people, and now they're all out of food. And one of the goblins mentions that he said that they should take better care of their of their environment. And in re- and it, at the end of the day, isn't this movie just a testament to it's how not. we should 
live together with those no. that we eat? No, it's not. Because after we get ten, literally ten minutes of cool goblin shit and a chase scene, we just like are violently shoved into the Swan Princess title screen. They redid the CGI water thing again. This is a third. This is the the new one because they did have a CGI one for the Christmas one, I think. But this is a different one because it looks worse. But we get the title Swan Princess, Princess Tomorrow Pirates Day, and. The beginning of this movie is that Odette and Derek have to leave. Do they now, have Tony. to leave? Now, Tony, Do why? they fucking have to? What? Do is... they have to leave, Andy? Or are they just doing it? Diplomatic, what important diplomatic mission were the king and queen of this land called okay. to do? You know what? 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 I'm just going to talk about this for a bit. Okay, so at Did first I was like... throw something? So at first I was like, I don't want to talk about it. So at first I was like, these fucking assholes are abandoning their family because they still haven't learned to delegate. And that is true. But also, we learn later that what they're doing is building a bridge. And there are people who are qualified for that. And I bet you any money that it's not Derek and fucking Odette. Building a bridge is fucking hard. Here's the thing about the unfortunate world that we live in, Andy. <laughs> the th- thing, the the big problem about the unfortunate world that we live in is that you can do more by spending money than by directly helping people. Yes. And it hurts, but it's a true thing about the world. There are people out there who can do the job better and you give them money to do it. Derek and Odette really seem to like going out there and just like being thanked. Rather than spending money so that somebody builds a bridge. You hear all these stories of people who volunteer their time to help out. And it's genuinely amazing when people dedicate the time and the effort. I do believe in, in volunteering your time. But when somebody is is royalty, it's more important at that point to volunteer your money. Well, that's the thing, right? Is Is the moment you are wealthy enough to give to like instead of going to instead of going somewhere right and helping out for 10 hours maybe in a weekend and then flying back home and talking about how amazing it was that you got to go and help out all of these people who are disenfranchised and need help why don't you just give them five thousand dollars so that they can buy the shit that they need if you have that power i would love to give my money if i had any on a more personal family note Fuck these two for abandoning their recently orphaned daughter to Uberta and Rogers. The two most incompetent people that they know because they raised them. And Elise seems okay with this. Elise seems well adjusted, but she doesn't seem that much older than in the last movie. No, it has to have been maybe a couple of months. There is no way these wounds of having lost her family and just recently gotten a new one have healed. Why didn't they take her with them if they wanted to do this? Or why didn't they not do this? All right, let's say that just because of canon, because we know that this is who they are, these two decide to go help and build this fucking bridge, right? Sure, right, okay. Why not take Elise with you and then have her, I don't know, fall off the cliff into the sea somehow? And be washed ashore on this goblin island, right? Well, I mean, because that then makes them bad parents for a way different reason. Which is, we probably shouldn't have let our kid on this unfinished bridge. <laughs> no, you're right. I just, we by the end of this movie, five separate storylines coalesce into a beautiful knot. 
that it doesn't earn. This is one of those storylines, is that these two motherfuckers go and build a goddamn bridge. So just keep it in your mind. They don't need to be building a bridge. They could have to leave if they need to leave so that Rogers can kidnap Elise, then fine, right? But if they need to leave for, as you said, some sort of diplomatic purpose, if they needed to meet with somebody and they had to go to somebody else's castle to do it, and we're like, oh, we're only going to be gone for a week or something, or for two weeks, or for not the entire summer, which is what's established how long they'll be gone. <sighs> Three months, Andy, away from their kid that they just adopted. That they just adopted. I'm. It's just, it makes me so mad because at any point somebody should have said, this isn't like what parents do. Also, <laughs> royalty doesn't need to be getting their hands dirty building this fucking shitty bridge. This isn't even like a good bridge. It's a rope bridge. It's it's a bad bridge. Also, if they had her along, then it could be like, oh, we're teaching her to do to do this, this type of stuff to help out because around we're royalty the and she could be raised in a way where she would never learn this, right? That yeah. would be something, but they don't. Obviously, they just ugh. This really annoyed me when I saw it, but I didn't get really mad until I started talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's fucked. So just keep uh. it in the back of your mind that while we go through the rest of this movie, all these two are doing is building a goddamn bridge. So they, they're gone. Rogers and Queen Uberta both have different plans for what to do with Elise over the summer. Because these two motherfuckers don't know how to share. They don't know how to share. But the problem really is that Rogers is... In my mind, this is the problem. Rogers is a teacher. Like, yeah. this is his job. Uberta wants time with her granddaughter, and I understand that. Mm -hmm. But the real issue is that Uberta sucks, like, hard stop. Like, the rest of, the, the whole, like, first half of this movie is Rogers and the sidekick characters dealing with the fact that Uberta sucks. She's kind of a terrible grandmother and a bad person. She wants she wants to teach Elise how to be like a prim and proper princess. Uh, and the only good line in the movie she has is when she tells her that she must learn to do her duty like every other bone in her body. And I was just like, all right, fuck this. Fuck you. This sucks. This is do you know who this reminds me of in another movie? It reminds me of Mother Gothel. <laughs> Oh my god! Mother Gothel was never this overbearing, but she sort of had that that kind of believable, hateable motherness. I would believe that Mother Gothel loves her child, is what I'll say to Right, that. exactly. I think Uberta and Mother Gothel have the same type of love toward children, which is like, I can use this person. Mm -hmm. I can get something out of all these orphans. Yeah. God that was her that idea. Movie. It wasn't. It was Odette's. Oh, fuck, you're right. We get a Mission Impossible heist where they break Elise from out of the clutches of Uberta. I do want to uh, hold hold back on that for a second because I want to mention Puffin. Oh, what a narc this guy is. In the first movie, I liked Puffin. I liked the role that he had. Yeah, he was like faux military guy. Like he, had, he quote unquote had military experience. Ever since then, he hasn't gotten very good roles in the movies because his his role has always been like, oh, he's like the fighter guy, but he's also a bird, so he gets like his he gets his ass kicked, beat, you know. In this movie, his role is as bad as Sean Bob's role usually is. Well, because he's on the side of evil. He well, yes, but also not even even before he is established as like the villain of the first half, he goes around 
inspecting the squirrels who all are from a military society and have no respect for this guy because he they see him as like putting on a bunch of airs right yeah but the other thing is he is putting on a bunch of airs and they're like yes we can do this we know how to do this and he like doesn't believe them and he just kind of sucks and this will be true for most of the movie until the point where he decides to sacrifice himself and it's pretty awesome well it was also at that point that i realized that when they were making this movie somebody just watched pirates of the caribbean yeah. Like maybe like maybe did a marathon and was like, what if we could make this but for seven-year-olds? Which I don't inherently have a problem with, but it made the whole thing feel very, you know, derivative, obviously. Seven is a bit young, but I don't know. I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean is pretty okay. I guess the, the, the biggest problem I would have is if they get scared. Yeah, there's some parts in Pirates, you know, there's walking around skeletons, and it's not a scary movie. But a kid might find it scary. That's the thing, is if the kid would be okay with the Skellingtons, I think they would probably have a... I, I would allow them to watch the rest of the movie, but if, if they were scared of that effect, then they'd be like, all right, we're going to watch something a little lighter then. Right. Because the movie is, on its whole, pretty lighthearted. Yeah. Even the sequels, which are, like, a touch darker. I legitimately only remember and like the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I don't think I've... I have not seen any of them past the third one. The second one, at the time, had, um... Like, the biggest box office ever. Yeah, it's, I remember the second one being very popular, but I didn't you like it. You remember the Kraken? Because that was the moment where I was like, oh, okay, they just watched Pirates. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I felt like the first movie had, had, they had a little je ne sais quoi that the other movies didn't have. I'd have to really think about it to figure out what it was. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't need to break down the Pirates movies. It was just very clear to me that they were ripping them off. Not on this episode. So, yeah, Puffin's not being very likable, but Jean-Bob is being shockingly not terrible and i was about 20 minutes in when i was like i don't hate this movie i don't hate it because like yeah uberta's being terrible but everybody else is like man uberta's being terrible and then everybody else is being less terrible because even though rogers wants elise just so he can teach her a bunch of sailing stuff it's pretty clear that she would be way happier learning that than learning all this princess stuff yeah, because it's cool and useful. Yeah, and so I, I can totally get behind his motivation and everybody else's motivations. Like, it works so far, yeah. right? So yeah, then you're right, they, they do the Mission Impossible thing. They break her out, and I, I noticed at this point that they keep swans in the moat of the Swan Princess Castle, which is kind of fucked up. They've clipped their wings. <laughs> you cannot leave. You, uh, 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 you cannot turn back into a princess. You must stay here. At this point, we get, we get, we, so they escape to a boat and they go out to sea. Okay, so. Right? Okay. So, yes. So, uh, also, Uberta does morning yoga, which I don't fucking believe for a second. No. I'm drawing the line at Uberta during morning morning yoga. Yeah. So, Rogers takes her out onto this boat. And when he was teaching her in a classroom, that made sense to me. But it's just him. He's the only one with any experience. This is a boat that needs at least four people. This is a crew, right? Yeah. It's it's a small-ish boat, but it's like a ship. It's like a for-real ship. And you would you would want some people on this ship besides a frog, a turtle, and a little girl. And you need something else. He kind of puts on this fucking bitch-ass Lord Nelson wannabe getup that is fine, I guess. She does her uh, Princess Tomorrow Pirate Today song, which freaks him out, which I kind of enjoyed how freaked out he was by it. She goes she goes full pirate. Uh, she's like, fuck yeah, let's pretend to be pirates. Let's talk a moment 
about the fact that he did pack a Jolly Roger. Yeah, he did have one. Maybe he was just going to use it as an example. If you see this flag, blow him out of the water. I feel like it's a bad idea to keep one of those on your ship if you are not a pirate. I, I feel like if you're a private, if you're a, if you're a boat owner, you got to be ready to go pirate in case you're asked. Like, hey, listen, just go and fuck around with those ships for a bit. I don't Pretend know how nautical law works, but imagine the Coast Guard finds you. And I was like, what are you doing here? And then finds your pirate flag. For, okay, first of all, we're talking like medieval politics. Coast Guards didn't exist. It was the Navy or it was nothing. Coast Guard might have existed. I don't know how old the Coast Guard is. Technically, the United States Coast Guard was established like pretty soon after it was founded. Yeah, by Alexander Hamilton. I remember from the song. Because the British kept kidnapping our sailors and that was what the War of 1812 was all about. But whatever. So during this song, there is a part during this fucking song that I... Yeah. that. That where she decides to grab a rope and jump off of the sail, Mm -hmm. right? And Rogers is like, no, (laughs) don't do it. Don't jump. And then we fucking hard cut to more song. But what happened? It's like they forgot. It's like they forgot to animate the rest of it. They were like, ah, shit. Well, just throw it. This movie's barely 80 minutes. Throw that shit in there. That scene was great. <laughs> I, I, I rewound it three times. I was thinking maybe my video was corrupted. No, it's just like this. It's just like this. That's not even the worst part, though. In a moment, the mast will fall over. And cover the door. And cover the door when the storm hits. Dramatic storm. Yeah, this big dramatic storm and uh, Rogers gets hurt and Elise has to drag him inside. And then the mast falls over and blocks the door. And then in the next scene... It's gone. The mast is fine. Yeah, it's re- it was rebuilt by the magic sea gods. It's right. It, it's not... That it has fallen from its place in front of the door. It is back up. It's, it's and then fine. it falls over again, again when they crash into the island. Which, okay, but here's the thing, right? Is in the establishing shot when they wake up in the morning, there's no goddamn island. Mm-hmm. And then two seconds later, bam, right into the rocks. Like, where were those rocks? And I want to talk about this. If we're just going to keep this going, if we're going to keep this, keep this boat a-sailing. <laughs> if you're going to half-ass your animation, please... Oh my goodness, please. Please don't have a scene with both water and fire. Oh, yeah. Because the fire man. looks terrible and they dive into this water. water and, and the water would be fine if it was if it weren't for the people that were like clearly not in it correctly. Oh, and but then no. when a wave hits, it's like a water I don't know, like like water effect over the they, camera. Like, they disappear before the water hits them. So yeah. the, the effect is supposed to be that the water hits them and then they get under the water. But the thing is, is before the water hits them, they disappear. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? There's also no foam on the waves. Yeah. Or in the water doesn't have any of that like white reflection-y shit that it does. Yeah. That so there's no like, land. it does. It do, just doesn't look like water. It's very bad. It's like the ocean is made of KY jelly dyed blue. <laughs> I guess Vix is already blue. Let's say Vix. Vapo rub. Eat that shit to get better. <laughs> Vix. Eat it to get eat that shit to get better. <laughs> so Andy, yeah. why don't we have ad- have advertisements on this podcast? I, I I wonder why. We should try to It seems like we should have been reached out to by, by Vix, Vix at least. So we they know how exactly good we are twice. at it. I, I do have a stronger menthol rub, actually. Uh, it's stronger than Vicks. It has more menthol in it than Vicks does. 
No, Andy, there's no stronger menthol rubs than Vicks. God, I take it back. You're terrible at this. <laughs> no, no, but the reason I bring it up is because I, I, I do use it. Uh, I use it for my wrists for when I have RSI. So, if, But if you don't even... But Vicks is really good. If you have RSI and your hands start like, feeling like they're swelling and they're getting really hot, if you put some Vicks on that and just let them sit, it helps a lot to soothe that pain. Um, and this is if you have like nerve-based RSI, not tendon-based RSI. If that's a thing that people are looking for, I recommend it. Um, I have no idea if I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> it's so wild. It's just so wild and crazy. I have no idea if it's too wild and crazy to be in or too wild and crazy to, <laughs> to not To be take in. out? <laughs> Here's a question I have. Where the fuck is this kingdom? Because in my mental map, of, of this castle and this town, there was never an ocean nearby. I believe, from listening to the first episode again, that there's a scene where Odette visits Derek in their childhood and arrives by boat. That's right, okay. So, Fuck there me, is dude. an ocean somewhere. It just, it feels like it's too close, I guess? Now, this does bring back the question, of course, Odette, why aren't you running your kingdom? Yeah, what's going on in here? Well, I'll tell you why. Because all these goblins ate everyone. That was her kingdom. With no king and no princess, these fucking goblins just came out and were just like eating livestock and shit. And now they're all dead. This is the era of goodness, huh? This is it? In, in, a, in a, Well, she wasn't there, so they don't get the era of goodness. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Prophecy didn't mention that shit. This is when I realized that Rogers doesn't have lips. Like, they uh, zoom no, in I on his face at yeah. one point, and he just doesn't have lips. Which I guess he's old, but I didn't think he was that old. Rogers pulls off what I would call sort of the craziest distraction gambit. No, 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 no. His... The moment we start I talking was, about this, I'm going to be so mad that fetish, I won't. But as it went on, I think it's more of a power fantasy. I'm going to keep being mad after this happens. I'm going to be mad for the rest of the episode. But before we get to that... Puffin and the flying squirrels get on their own fucking rowboat, I guess, of their fucking trireme Wait. Uh, with a swan head on it. Wait. And they're following Wait. the boat Wait. from behind. What? I need to mention this because I actually, I didn't even register it as like completely wrong until... Until I said rowboat? No, until later when the mast falls over. Why does the rowboat have a mast? The rowboat has a mast and a sail. Yes. Later, the... Sail the the squirrels will use their own wings as a sail. Yes. So the scene where Puffin teaches them how to row, commands them to row, like to, yeah, teaches them how to row, is not only unnecessary but like really weird because they do have that sail, and I think I don't know that much about boats, but I think it is always a better idea to use the sail unless you are going either against the wind or if you're near rocks or a coast. Yeah, or if the wind's like too strong. Right. And you yeah. don't want to you don't want to destroy the sail. Well, I, I mentioned this because they do see the storm from a distance and it's right. a very donut shaped storm. Mm-hmm. Just perfectly around the boat and nothing else. And they're like, Oh, I hope I hope they're not caught up in that storm. And that's it. That's the last we see of them for a while. Yeah, I kinda wish that uh Puffin was a little bit more genre savvy and was like, Oh, that's where we're going. You oh, know? they're definitely caught up in that storm. Fuck. Fuck me. Frighten me. Frighten me. Puffin beak. Fuck. See, I can do an Irish accent. I can't do whatever the fuck those squirrels are doing. Do you want to talk about what Rogers does? This, 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 this joke, this fucking bit, right? 
happening in 2016, we're going to do some Chef Gordon Ramsay shit? Like, this is way too late for this. It is a little bit too late for it, but do you want to hear a, do you want to hear a, an embarrassing secret, Andy? You liked this bit. Like is strong. You, you were okay with this bit? I did think it was pretty much the most watchable subplot in the movie. Like, all the other shit where it was like, oh, Lucas's parents are looking for him. It's like, what the, I don't fucking care what they're doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's the squirrels and they're fighting a kraken. It's like, well, like, I don't care that, that there's a kraken or that there's a electric eels or that jean bob is being worshipped as a god i don't care about any of this but at least i have well neither does the movie to, to be know honest. that rogers is not eaten yet the premise of this joke i think is fine here's mm. what i don't need i don't need rogers stomping around like he's fucking gordon ass ramsey i don't need these fucking reality tv show shrek looking ass title card i don't need i don't need these <laughs> don't goblins like shrek. i forgot that shrek pulled this shit all the time i do not need these fucking goblins fucking talking into the screen at the end of every fucking segment of this bit giving me their thoughts on whatever the fuck is going on i don't need it it's um, because, and i and i know it's there it's because this movie's confessional I don't care what <laughs> I don't care what fucking soggy ass priest that these goblins need to talk to to get their sins off their back, right? I don't give a shit. I don't need it in this movie. These are seconds of my life that have been stolen from me, and I hated it every time it happened. It made like I'm mad. I'm I'm not not in a funny way. I'm just mad about it. I don't want it in this movie, and like. It's there because this movie's not even 80 minutes long. So you got to really fucking push that time limit, right? Make it worth the $10 to buy this DVD, the $2 to buy this DVD off of a fucking family <laughs> dollar rack. And it's it's the rest of the movie. It's the rest of the goddamn movie that this happens. It happened. does go on for the rest of the movie. They should have saved Rogers... Way earlier? Yeah, 10 or 20 minutes into this. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they wanted to... So this is this is sort of an important pivot, I bet, for the Swan Princess uh, franchise, which is they want to focus more on the kid. They introduced a kid that they did not do anything with in a royal family tale, but they want to focus on her and her adventures and giving her a little friend to hang out with who just clicking on royally undercover. Yes, he's still in the movies. Of course he is. You got to keep you got to keep him there. Got to bring him back. You know, just making it instead of about the swan princess who actually turns into a swan, it's about the swan princess who was adopted by the swan princess. <laughs> Sorry, swan princess kingdom of music does not actually have a Wikipedia page. No, yet. it doesn't. Every time you click on it, it just takes you back to the to the to the franchise. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why that got me. I guess because I was clicking the other ones, just like checking to see if he was there. He's there through, through all of them. He's gonna come back. So, yeah, he pulls this uh, Chef Gordon stuff where he's like, you can't, you can't eat me unless I'm prepared right. He sort of makes the, the troll guys, what are they called? Bogs? Grogs? Something, I don't know. I, they're fucking goblins. Do a, do a uh, reality cooking show. Uh, meanwhile, jean Bob is worshipped as a god, why not? Really ticking off all the pirate movie tropes. All of those problematic colonial bullshit style stereotypes. Oh, but now it's a uh, goblins. Goblins, so like, who cares? So, oh, so the 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 indigenous people of all lands are just goblins to you, Tony? 
That was really harsh. I just, I need you to understand that I am a little bit genuinely angry at this movie right now. I'll, 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 let me, I need to cool down a little bit. So let's, let's, let's talk about this fucking kid. Let's talk about this kid. Um, because, um, is there, um, what is there to say about this child? No, I don't want to talk about him yet. No, not yet. What not are you talking because... about then? Because the goblins are doing the cooking thing. John Bob is being worshipped as a god. Yes, 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 that is true. Um, but there are two more things, two more very important things. Yes, that yes, 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 yes. I'm looking at my notes here. Before we meet Lucas, the first thing is the hoverboards they have hoverboards why why do they have hoverboards now that in my mind that was like oh that's a that's probably like a weird animation shortcut so they don't have to show them moving but hoverboards are a big no for a pirate movie now if this were a cowboy movie maybe (laughs) andy got that joke uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, is they're kind of also a big no just for a fantasy movie in general. Yes, hoverboards are not a fantasy thing. Those are sci-fi. You got to start slow, right? You go, you got horses, you got DeLoreans, then you got hoverboards. That's right. that's the that's <laughs> the that's how it goes. Yep. That's 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 those are the steps. Also, yeah. So their hoverboards are actually like they look like ferns. But instead of actual, like, fern leaves, the fern leaves are, like, tubes. Yeah. And they, like, give off this dust that, and they float. It's fucking dumb and weird. It's dumb. It's stupid. And, and so they're, they're chasing Elise. Secondarily, well, they don't chase Elise yet. First, Elise is told that she needs to run by the ghost of Scully. The ghost squirrel. I know we mentioned before, and I'll probably leave those in, so, like, this isn't a surprise to the listeners, but I was shocked that they decided to bring back Scully. They didn't even bring back Nines, right, from Christmas Tale, but they brought back the dead fucking squirrel one movie later? Yeah, it's gonna take, yeah. Look, we'll see Nine in the next movie. You just gotta hold on hope. You keep saying that, I don't believe you. He's on the cover, man. I don't believe you, man. I don't he's believe wearing, it. He's wearing they sunglasses. Just, they just put in there. They just put in there. <laughs> just, just to fuck, mess just with you fuck with me. <laughs> oh. Or or even better, it's a different cat. That would be kind of amazing. Yeah, so she starts running away. She runs into this kid, Lucas. He he takes her to his secret lair. Okay, let's talk about Lucas. Big props to Lucas for being the first person to be surprised by a talking animal in five movies. And it finally established for the first time in all of these movies that these are, in fact, just talking animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in the first movie, it was pretty clear that they weren't talking animals and that Odette could talk to them because she could turn into a swan. Yeah, and but after that, it became hazy. And now we know for sure they are talking animals. Everyone else can hear them talk. Okay. Whew. That's a weight off my shoulders. Uh, yep. So this kid's been like Jurassic Park 3-ing it, I guess, for a while now. And we find out it's because his his parents are like poor mm-hmm. and they've been like living out of this wagon for a while because I guess his dad has some form of like disability. It looks like he has like a hard time with half of his body. It looks like such a specific thing to me. It's not like he doesn't have one arm, you know, where you would be like, okay, I can immediately tell what's wrong with this guy and why it might be hard for him to get a job. Right. This guy, he's like shaky. 
But again, it kind of looks like it's half of his body. It almost looks like he he had a stroke and it wasn't taken care of properly, which is kind of a hard thing to just have in this movie. Yeah, but that yeah, see that's what it that's what I was thinking of too. But also, it's weird to not say that. It's weird to just like leave that leave that as an interpretation left to the audience, you know? It's it's wild. But his parents and because they were like, "Well, we can't make enough money now to take care of our son. We're going to have to send him to an orphanage." And he was like, "Oh, they hate me." So he ran away, built a raft, sailed into the sea, and then crash-landed on this island. And I guess this happened a couple weeks ago by the timeline of this movie. Yeah, because his parents are still looking real hard for him. So we, we, I don't know if it's right now, but in a little bit, at least, we cut to them looking for him. This fucking farmer. Two farms down from the one that exploded. And Lucas's mom gives his dad this, like, weird pep talk about how he's a good father. And I don't want to... It's hard for me to say, like, oh, they're bad parents because they don't make any money. But it's hard for me to say you're definitely good parents if you are considering dropping your kids off at an orphanage for any reason. Like, part of the point of the story is it's complicated. But also, I don't know if you're, like, a great parent. This movie doesn't take the time to earn the argument that I'm about to make here. Okay. I just want to put that up front. But the thing is, is that there are a lot of people in a lot of cases who just due to disabilities or whatever can no longer support their children maybe they used to be able to but now they can't and in those cases it happens often that they end up putting those children into foster care with the belief that they will be taken care of by what is now known to be a very broken system right like some of those kids will get taken care of but it's impossible to know who yeah and but but at the same time it's one of those things where it's like we know that we can't take care of them right now and it's like it sucks and it's hard and this movie doesn't take the time to earn it but it's it's possible that maybe before whatever this injury was he was a good loving caring father who worked hard to support his family and now that he can't they're trying they're they're coming to terms with this hard decision but that but that's part of my issue okay so there's there's two two issues i have with this one basically any social worker will tell you that as long as there is an abuse then what you're trying to do always is like keep a family together right Mm mm-hmm Two, they talk to this farmer about how, yeah, our kid could definitely live in your woods, no problem. And it's like, if your kid could definitely live in his woods, no problem, then I guess it doesn't matter that much that you two aren't making enough money, because it seems like you all could live off the land. Like, I guess that's my issue, is like, it's never really established, they say it, but it never seems like they're actually poor enough to really need to do this. I mean, they own a sturdy wagon. A sturdy, lovely wagon. It's like the Middle Ages or whatever. A wagon's not nothing. It's a roof over your head. Sell the horse, plant the wagon in this uh, this empty farm with this burned out building on it for some reason. Solid move. And is that a, is that a dead man? Ah, who cares? And, uh, you know, he looks kind of like that woman, that little girl that hangs out with our son all the time. They, they buried him. There's a, there, there was a grave. No, they just left him there. There was a grave. As a sign. They just piled, I mean, they didn't bury him, bury him. It looked like they, they did like a cairn where they pile a bunch of rocks on they top. Piled is that what the, a cairn the, is? The ground's too is. soft. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they pile a bunch of rocks around him so that the animals can't get to it. It's weird. There's like weird energy in this movie. I, I'm get, I got some real Balto Wolf vibes Quest. from it. It was like, why would you, why would you, yeah, Wolf Quest, why would you throw something so fucking weirdly dark into this movie and then not talk about it or do anything with it? There's also 
you know, if you really think about the subplot that Elise is on this island basically because her parents abandoned her. Yeah, because her parents are bad parents. Just genuinely, they have no idea what they're doing. And she is trying to talk them up to this kid. Like, nah, my parents are awesome. They abandoned me to go build a bridge. They don't even know I'm here. (laughs) And they won't until about the end of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, after it's all done. After we get back, this kid tells them him his tragic backstory. He has this book of songs and that never really becomes a thing, right? It doesn't. We see his mom give it to him. No, he steals it. We see we see his mom like showing it. Like there's this thing where like one song is like bookmarked. And I thought that that was going to be important. Yeah, same. Because that's how movies work. And yes, he does steal it from his parents when he runs away. But, like, that's that was also part of the issue. I was like, are these people traveling performers? In which case, it's not a big deal that they just have a cart because it's probably how they've always lived. Like, I don't they, get they it. They don't. It, it's never. They're not. The, the movie doesn't give enough of a shit about them to sit down and really tell us what the deal is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, come to think of it, this is an issue with the Spawn Princess movies. About, like, sort of having poor people to establish poor people exist and yeah. not treating them as human beings. They're not people, they're poor people. <laughs> Except for her. She's like a person now because we adopted her and she's a princess. Oh, no. But, but before true. that, she was oh, just a no. fucking poor person. She didn't person. even talk. Yeah, she didn't even talk <laughs> until she became a princess. <laughs> And she doesn't even talk about her other dead family. Her dead dad. And yeah, what happened to her mom? Who are Ray's parents? Um, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm done. Stick a fork in me. That's it. This kid's like, all right, we can't go save your friends yet because they seem to be doing fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a raft so that you guys can escape. Not me, just you guys. Because I fucking hate my parents. And then um, they do this thing where they're like talking in sign language, but it's not. I don't think it's real sign language. I think it's fake ass sign language. Right. And yes. And I assume it's because nobody on this animation staff knew sign no language. Sign language, sure. And they didn't bother to like YouTube it. But whatever, <laughs> I guess. Like I've YouTube sign language. It's not that hard. Yeah, and you don't need to learn sign language to be able to sh- to animate somebody doing it. You just need to know those words. It doesn't have to be good sign language. They're like charading, talking to each other, I guess, because these goblins have a good sense of hearing. So they are building this raft, uh, but then at least trying to convince Lucas that he should come with them because his parents actually do love him and he needs to stop being a kid. And he's like, nah, it's cool here. There's adventure. There's goblins. I could die at any moment. I feel so alive. They get into a knot fight where he just walks away. And then is this where he starts singing? Okay. Yeah, I think it is. So he starts singing and he has a song that like. It's fine. Okay. There are like half a dozen lines that don't rhyme, but probably should have. It, it like was really jarring to me when he sang a line and then the next line didn't rhyme. And then the third line after that also didn't rhyme with any of the other two. It was like, it felt all over the place to me. I don't know. I, I think it's just basic songwriting at that point. Obviously you can have non-rhyming lines, but I, I don't, I don't know. Is this song or this tempo or whatever? I was like, this does not work at all. It's one of those things where like, I was just kind of like, all right, this kid's a decent singer, but this song is not great. It's called, I think like standing on my own or something. It's basically him being like his, I want song where he's like, I just want to like 
live on my own and it's fine and i'm fine it's fine well also that's not a good i want song right because what the movie knows he needs is something different you almost never want an i want song that's in direct conflict with that's the needs in conflict of the with what is going to happen right yeah like good i want songs are like um the reprise of uh i don't know why i thought of this one first one jump like the reprise of one jump yeah or one jump or um Little Mermaid, help me out. Uh, part of that world, part of your part of, world. part of your world, right? Where it's like this be... is what they want, and then they're going to get that, and sometimes getting that will cause problems. It's some real basic like hero's journey shit, right? And part of the problem is that Lucas is not the hero in this story, which he's is not fine. Well, I wouldn't say anyone's a hero in the story, but well, he's not the protagonist in this story. Here's actually, and maybe we could talk about this right now. But here's what I'll say: is is that one of my biggest problems with both of these movies is they don't have a they don't have any structure. Uh, you know, it really struck me at right this moment when I claimed Lucas was not the protagonist. Yeah. The problem is, Elise is of anybody mostly the protagonist. Yes. Right? But at the beginning of this movie, she didn't have a lot to do because she needed to be saved by Rogers and the sidekicks, and like she's been doing a lot. But we keep on cutting to Rogers and his cooking show. Or we keep on cutting to Odette and Derek building that bridge for some fucking reason. Or we keep on cutting to Lucas's parents. Like, there's other shit happening that makes it feel very disjointed. What this movie really needs, and what this movie series will never do, is, like, drop half of its characters. It needs to limit itself. And it's insane to me that they were so willing to not have Odette and Derek in this fucking movie. That's so weird, especially because they spent a lot of time with Rogers and Uberta. And it's like, why why not do the opposite? Except, I guess, I don't know, you could, you could change it from, like, princess boot camp and pirate shit. To, like, keep the pirate shit. I don't know, like, if you're going to cut any two characters from this movie, why not make it Rogers and Uberta? I feel like you should cut most of the secondary characters. Here's the problem. The problem is, and this is not just a problem with Swan Purchase, this is a problem with modern storytelling is human beings do not know how to tell an adventure story with a mom in it. We can't do it. <laughs> so, like, they had to get rid of Odette in the, in the first scene. The mom. I don't know why this is so hard for us. I Yeah, I kind of get it. It's because the mom's job is to protect a kid, right? And so if a mom is going to be in the adventure story, it's going to be about her protecting her kid and not about her kid. Because if it's about her kid, then you're like, well, this mom's terrible. It's all tied up in like our preconceptive notions of what a mom has to be, which is this protector homebody, right? The, the keeper of the hearth, all that shit. Oftentimes, a character is trying to escape the mother in order to go on an adventure. Right. Because you escape, like, the whole, like, I don't know if you've ever read The Hero's Journey, but, like, the whole thing is, is, like, right, you escape the mother to to face the father and all this shit that's, like, very weirdly male-centric. Um, but, because uh, it was written in, like, the 40s, but whatever. But, but it, <laughs> Until modern times, most heroes in The Hero's Journey were dudes. Were men. So. If your character doesn't escape the mother, then usually what happens is the mom dies. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you go back to, like, Star Wars, right? Yeah, who are His parents, parents blow up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Luke's parent. Well, they don't blow up. They, I, I think they tragically and slowly become skeletons <laughs> due to fire. <laughs> From the looks of those skeletons, it did not happen quickly. Like, Aladdin, he's an orphan. Like, if like if we, if we hit Disney movies, 
you know, uh, uh, Todd is alone. He doesn't really have a mother until, and he has like a mothering figure that he is taken away from. Frozen, Frozen does it twice because Anna and Elsa's mom and dad sink on a ship. And then later Anna's secondary mom character, Elsa fucking runs away. So they get to do it twice. Ariel doesn't have a mom. Uh, uh, I was going to do Hercules, but actually Hercules has four parents, but he's just Superman. So like. So he gets to keep his parent. He gets to keep all of his parents. He does move away from his parents, though. You know, actually, Hercules is, a, Hercules is a really good example. He leaves home. He's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go find my destiny. I'm going to go have an adventure movie without my parents. Bring it back. But but that's the point is you're right that you have to leave the mother behind in most adventure movies. And I would have loved for them to have come up with a way for this to be a movie about Elise and Odette because Odette is still the one character that I can kind of stand in these movies. How is it that the Swan Princess is a cameo in a Swan Princess movie? Because that's what she is. is She's a cameo. She doesn't even have an arc. I had assumed that Elise... (laughs) Was going to get turned into a swan. Yes, was going to become a Swan Princess in a way that at least kind of made sense. That we cover our bases here. We got two Swamp Princesses. Well, and that's the thing is an interesting movie would have been like, here's how you do it. Here's how you get around leaving the mother, which is, I I think, a shitty trope in some respects. What if Elise was trying to save her mom? All right, I'm I'm in. I've got it. Okay, that's not what I said, but sure, that works too. But that's what I said. What if her mom gets turned into a swan again? Kidnapped to this island. Elise is told to stay home, but she fucking doesn't. She goes and saves her mom. She goes and saves her mom. I I want that. I was going to say we could have them both working together if they both have wants that require both of them to go on an adventure. This is a thing you can do is having both of them go on an adventure together where where we see them grow closer as a mother and child in a way that this movie and the last movie definitely don't give us. Instead of her just like referring to her as her mom, even though we have never seen Odette really be a mother. Let's have her earn that mom title. Well, it's the same problem that Odette and Derek have, which is like... They're not really married. Yeah, which is like Derek is always there to save her when some big, huge thing happens, but they don't actually seem to spend any time together. Mm-hmm. And they definitely haven't fucked. All right, so back to the movie. Oh, so much of that's just not going to exist. I want to keep some of it. So they got to go save Rogers now. He has lost control of this cooking show. They are They are putting him to the fire and the flames. He's done a pretty good job controlling these goblins so far, but this is this is it. And Jean Bob in a move that is vaguely heroic, but also so dumb. A little late. Tries to order them not to eat him and also gets tied to the to the, you know, a stick above fire. I'm sure you can roast stuff like that, but usually it's used in movies for killing people. They're going to slow roast them like a gutted pig. Except they're not, because he tells them to slow roast them. Oh yeah, they decide that they're just gonna cook them fast. They like yeah. they're like their chicken crispy. Elise, Lucas, and Speed manage to grab one of the goblins that's like basting them in barbecue sauce. Yeah, this is a weird scene, actually. She dresses up as the goblin, starts mm-hmm. singing the dope song to make the other goblins think she's a goblin, and I it works. Did, I actually did really like this, because I, I liked her singing this song. I did too. I liked the song. Yeah, but I just really wish that at some point somebody had mentioned, you know, they have really good hearing. What if they can't see that well? Yeah, they also have really bad eyesight. That's why they haven't caught this kid. But instead of that, those goblins and also everybody else thinks Elise is the goblin. To the point where Puffin, who shows up out of nowhere, physically assaults her. 
beats the back of her skull in and i was like this child died and that's it and elise and elise is dead but don't worry they have another child that they can adopt to replace her <laughs> right off the line oh that's gross okay but um yeah fucking puffin by the way oh god we need to go back we need to go back oh yeah all right so they get attacked by a giant the P- puffin's ship gets attacked by a giant squid puffin goes to fight it he does it in the dumbest way you can imagine. Andy, what's the dumbest way you can imagine to fight a giant squid? Uh, you give it a sword so that it can fight you fairly, but because it's a squid, it has six arms and legs, so you actually give it six swords. Uh, but then you realize, oh, I only get two swords. It's ten. Squids have ten. Which means even though this is fair, quote-unquote, um, it's mm-hmm. still more armed than me. Also, it's giant, so I'm kind of fucked. <sighs> and then I cover myself in soy sauce. You're right, that was dumber. Um, so he goes and gets Flotsam and Jetsam from The Little Mermaid. I, and... I was gonna make that joke. <laughs> but that's like what he does, there's specifically two of them. Like, he assaults these electric eels so that they chase him, and then they shoot lightning at the squid, which is not how not it how works. The, but also, the the reason that he does this is because the squid has kidnapped Eyepatch Squirrel. Right. Cody or Brody or something like that. Yeah, and this this is them having their like bro moment where he saves, he sacrifices himself for eye patch squirrel. And now the squirrels finally respect him, but uh he gets chased into the horizon by the squid, and that's the last we see of him for like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he just shows up and beats the shit out of this child. That's like, whoa, wait a minute. Also, this is when the squirrels make themselves into like a sail and start sailing yeah, towards yeah. the island. Whatever. Whatever. So, Who gives a shit? Elise, Rogers, and everybody, they start running off. They make it to the raft. It has been set on fire by one of the goblins. And at this point, I would have thought Lucas would have realized that he can't stay on this island if they saw him build that raft. Because they knew the raft was there somehow, even though we don't get to see that. Oh, no, there was a goblin in the trees in that scene. Was there? I don't remember this. Yeah, he was, like, holding a torch. Like, it was like, I'm going to burn this raft. I must have have just not been paying attention then. Yeah. Because I do not remember this. Like, I remember it specifically because it was so ham-handed. This was probably when I was brushing my teeth, so. So they realize they can't get away. And there's this weird moment that I kind of would have liked if it made more sense. Yes. Because the goblins are not right behind them. So what they could do is retreat back into the forest or into uh, one of Lucas's hiding places. But instead, Rogers suddenly accepts that they're all going to die. And just like... It's like, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, and just like quietly holds Elise. And it's like this really... It would be a nice moment if it made any fucking sense. Like if it didn't make way more sense to keep running. (laughs) Yeah, right, because they have, they got time, but they just stand there and they wait for these goblins to show up. Yes, and so the goblins show up, and then the squirrels show up, and... And now we got a goblin on, now we got the goblin squirrel wars, which we've all been waiting to see on screen. I spent some time thinking about this battle scene, which is dumb and anticlimactic. Uh, very slow. And the reason, I believe, the reason it's dumb and anticlimactic is the squirrels should have just immediately overwhelmed the goblins. They should. They have poison darts that act within minutes. They should have destroyed these fuckers. So the goblins, there's, but there's like clearly injuries on both sides with this fight, and like two squirrels lost for every five goblins destroyed. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like I don't, I don't need to be keeping count, right? I just need to know if the squirrels win. 
So it should have been like way faster. It should have just been like immediately. And we could have seen the we could have seen the main goblin get away because that's kind mm-hmm. of important. Yeah, and then, well, because while they're all getting on the boat, Lucas is like still hiding in the woods, I guess. Yeah, Lucas is hiding because they haven't seen him. And then the the big goblin captures Elise. Elise, he flanks him. Yeah, and Lucas uses those hoverboard that hoverboard to attack the big goblin. But now they've seen him, so he needs to get on the. Ride. It's a it, it's kind of like the chase scene on the forest moon of Endor in Star it's Wars. It's not if it a was, lot like it. Though. If it was boring and slow and actually very stupid. <laughs> But you got you got the furry creatures fighting the bad guys and the chase through the forest and he even does the thing where he gets one of them to run into a tree but but uh, but other than that it just kind of sucks and the other one is good which is I guess is the important difference. So they get back to the mainland. Also the goblins discover that there are fish in the sea. Yeah, which just tells me that now they're going to be overfishing on top of everything else. Oh right, just environmentally decimate this place. Yeah, I was thinking they should be eating bugs. They're probably a bunch of bugs. Uh, like the Lion King. Well, yeah, but also like real life. Like I was reading about how like currently the most eco-friendly way to eat meat is like just have some grasshoppers. And like, yeah, that's kind of gross sounding, but they can be like mashed up and like made into burgers or whatever. In a couple decades, you know, it won't be gross sounding because uh, we'll all be dead and our children will have to do it. In a couple decades? <laughs> I'm very pessimistic. Um, I I think shit's gonna go down for real very quickly. Like, certain shit probably will, but, like, I am planning to live a little longer than that. Oh, not me, dude. You know that scene in Terminator when they, like, step on a skull, when the robot steps on the skull and it's like, oh, shit, this is the future? That's your skull. That's my skull. That's my skull. I've already been dead a long time. (laughs) Uh, Andy's already been dead a long time. You've heard it here first. So. I am the ghost of John Smith. <laughs> Lucas, you're going to confuse people. It's not the end yet. <laughs> yeah, Lucas, hold on. We're still fucking going. Lucas immediately runs away. Elise follows him. And then, all right, do you guys remember, going back to Star Wars, do you remember how at the end of Star Wars, Obi-Wan says in Force Ghost to Luke, use the Force and just eyeball it you don't need all of this technology bullshit and looks like you're right and then he blows up the death star and you're like man if obi-wan hadn't been there this movie would have ended very differently but thankfully he used his ghost powers to really get a good ending all right now imagine if instead of doing that (laughs) obi-wan showed up in ghost form and told luke you need to go to this specific location then went over to han solo and said you need to be in this specific location and then went over to darth fucking vader and was like all right vader i know we've had our differences but i need you to specifically start flying in this angle so that when the death star blows up you don't die you just go flying off into the distance don't worry i've got it all i've got it all planned out right up here in my fucking head we're gonna end this movie great i have multiple questions one why don't i say no time to explain more often i am not living my best life scully is living his best life because guess what there is a 100 percent always time to explain and i wish that i could be the kind of person who's like definitely no time to explain this i have to be somewhere else but i'm not second question <laughs> I'm still going. Why does Scully know everything about 
everything. Why does he know who Lucas's parents are and where they are? Tell me the rules to the afterlife. We we need this scene, right? Where Scully like sits down, crosses his legs, opens up the time fucking stone and sees one million different futures and finds the one where it ends up and ends it ends happily, right? I mean, we yeah, need you that know, moment. something like that. Scully has made it so that now each parents will meet each other. And Odette and Derek can, like, stall until, uh, Lucas is- until Lucas runs into his parents because Elise has chased him into them. That's our setup. And then it happens. Yeah, and now everybody's crying, they love each other, whatever. We get a really close-up on this dead-eyed kid's smile. It's true. However, some the fuck how this movie, which is not covered why these people are poor, also does not cover how this is a happy ending. Because- they all just decide to look up at the North Star, the star which is constant, always there, a guiding light. It's a- akin to love, Tony. Odette and Derek could have offered these people a job, and maybe they do. A home? Like, come live, come work for us in the castle. Something. Maybe they do. They have done that. But it doesn't show it. So instead, this movie ends with this kid going back to his family who, like last time we checked in, we're still going to send him to an orphanage because they have no other option. And Tony, what is the over under? Let's make a bet right now that his parents aren't even in the next movie. (laughs) Oh, man. I am willing to bet that there are three options here, right? His parents are in the next movie. One of his parents is in the next movie. Fuck you. Or none of them are. And I'm going to bet that both of them are not in that movie. That she just goes to a house and tells him to come on this adventure with her. That's where I'm going to stand. You've heard it here first. If the movie is going to go to the trouble of getting rid of Odette and Derek again, then maybe they're in it? I don't know, man. Make a choice. I think it's pretty likely that they're not in the movie. I sort of like the one of them is. Thank you for listening to Direct-to-Video. VHS? I have been your begrudging host, who has not once turned into a swan this entire time, Tony <laughs> Robusta. Uh, I have been your host, Andy Reyes. This, the ending of November and the beginning of December is, I think, the busiest time of the year for everyone. So this is probably our last episode of the year, our Christmas episode as well. So happy holidays to everybody. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBets, and you can find the comic that I do at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. <laughs> you can find me at Royalty underscore Valens. Uh, I'm trying to work on other projects, but we'll see how that goes. So maybe next year I'll have some stuff to announce. Yeah, and speaking of Twitter, I want to thank... Oh, yeah. Well, Thomas contacted us directly about, like, different different movie suggestions. Yeah. And really opened me up to, I would say opened us both up to how many anime movies there are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's maybe a conversation. But also, Chris Mead sent us a message on Twitter where he claimed that direct-to-video is essential. Essential, he says. Which is a dirty lie, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I felt feelings when I read that. I was like, oh my god, wow. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's um, really cool. That was really nice. Uh, it has once again been slightly too long. I'd like to extend a, a, a big classic thank you to Lee Rosevere for his song Planet E on Trappist 1. Yep. Ah! Finally! It only took a year. If you like us, you can leave us a review on iTunes, which means that iTunes sends more people our way. 
I don't know how other how other websites do it. I don't know how much they rely on the iTunes ranking. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely give us five stars if you like us. And if you don't, still give us five stars. And tell us why. If you don't like us, fight Andy, IRL. Fight me in real life. I'll do it. Hey, Will. He's crazy, man. He's crazy. I can't hold him back. Man, somebody just turned on their car beneath me and their bass is so high my butt vibrated. So I hope that doesn't show up in my recording. Well, um, that thing you just said is going to show up on your recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, come find our stuff at direct2.video. What are we watching? To really hone in season three. Do you want to just watch a good movie? <laughs> Start off the year with a good one? I'm fucking dead serious, man. Do you want to watch I, a good no, movie? No, I am I am with you, man. I'm, I'm very tired. Do you want to do Tangled and the TV movie that they did for Tangled? You know, let's do it. Yeah. You know what? Well, why it, not? Man. Next time, season. Did you say three? Because it cannot not be four. It, I guess well, it's we the didn't third start year, season right? two until well into. <laughs> In the new year. I announced season two. I have, I have not announced season three. I'm announcing it. <laughs> That's how that works. Is when I, it's the next season when we say it is, Tony. You know what? Season two, part two. Let's do it. <laughs> Just season two forever. It's season, yeah, we'll go to season two, part two, part one. You know, when I was listening to the old podcast, I realized that it's only pretty recently that I finally figured out how I wanted to do music. <laughs> Next time, we are going to watch Tangled and Tangled Before Ever After, which is a mouthful to say out loud. Uh, are we not going to watch Tangled Ever After as well, just to throw it in there? It's only six minutes. I mean, if you want to just do the short. So we're going to watch Tangled, all of them. It's funny because I like, I enjoy Tangled. <laughs> I, I loved that movie so much uh, when I watched it. So I'm excited to watch it again. Yes, and I am the ghost of John Smith. I am Googling David Lodge. He's a literary critic. What? Like a good one? Is he a, is he a good oh, literary wait, wait. critic? This can't be the same guy. This can't be the same guy. Damn it, people with common names. David Why can't Lodge. can't be called Robusto? Voice actor. David Lodge, this looks like him. Yes. I've been popping over to his IMDb page, and he's just like, I don't see him ever in anything any good i mean he was in the last couple of final fantasy movies i guess or final fantasy games but like even when he's like a dc villain he's never like a character whose name i know what dc villain has he been well according to this he was uh, condiment man like how low are we going here? eclipso oh fuck that's that's a superman villain that sounds like a uh, like a late 70s superman villain Eclipse. Yeah, and then just like various voices and whatever that was. You know, it's just like... The character is the incarnation of the wrath of God and the angel of vengeance that turned evil and was replaced by the Spectre. What the fuck is this character? Uh, notable aliases, Yadiz, Prince of Darkness, Vengeance Demon, Lord of the Nomans, Land Between Light and Darkness. This guy sounds dope as fuck! I'm not saying he's not. But I bet he was not a big character in that video game or whatever, you know? Okay, it looks like he is a... He's a straight up a Justice League villain. Okay. That's it. That's all it is. 
it seems like he never gets to be like something really cool. And he would be great as something really cool. He knows how to ham it up. Yeah, he could. He's like he's, he's doing it. He could do better, I guess, is what I'd say. I want to rephrase that. I feel like he has the talent to be in better things. Yes. I think he is doing literally the best anybody can do with what he has been given. Well, here. but here, here's what I'll say as a counter to that, though, right, is when you have enough money to make something better, wouldn't you also have the money to hire a bigger named actor than him? Harsh, but maybe fair. Because even like Yuri Lowenthal, who I know his name because I've played games that he's been main characters in, even in the video game and anime community, he's not A-list. He's maybe B or C-list. Still way above where the this fucking movie is. But I'm saying, like, I feel like, I don't know, like, wouldn't you want to get... And I, and I guess at some point after 2017, Laura Bailey became A-list. Yeah, Laura Bailey escaped <laughs> the clutches of this movie. I thought Spider-Man would have been enough that Yuri Lowenthal wouldn't be in the last one, but he fucking was. 